0: Thank you for listening to episode 22 of 60 minutes with I'm Dave and once again it's that time of the month it's the time for the entertainment show Uh, I don't think I need to tell regular listeners that these shows do go over the 60 minutes and this one's no different so what you need to do is you need to sit back relax and get comfortable as I spend a couple of hours chatting movies games and tv with Chris and Ramrod Right then, I think we'll start this month's entertainment show with you, Chris. Come on, let's get it going.
1: Oh, well, I suppose just to give you a bit of an update from uh, our last show. So I finished watching Daredevil, and I'm, I'm happy to report back that all, I think it's 13 episodes, were brilliant, fantastic. Just great fun from, well, fun in as much as like people getting their eyes poked in with... Um, spikes and legs being broken and heads getting you know crushed and smashed and you know all that sort of good stuff um but no, it was great you know it, it's just the story and the characters you know you, you kind of you're not quite sure where it's going because certain characters you know stuff happens and i don't want to say too much because it obviously will give the game away but it highly recommended uh great and i suppose just as well just to update um from what you were talking about last time but Avengers Age of Ultron oh yeah um, I went and saw that on IMAX. And I think we've all been to IMAX since we last spoke, haven't we? Um, Yay! <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be good. So, I mean, that's my first IMAX experience, I have to say. And uh, it was the new cinema in Telford, which I know isn't very far away from you guys as well. And it, what a beautiful cinema. I mean, it really is. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love independent cinemas. And there is one in Wolverhampton called The Lighthouse, which is a great little cinema. I went and saw The Exorcist there a few well, a couple few years ago, you know, and everything. It's It's a beautiful little cinema, but you know this they've obviously thrown a shit loads of money at it um and this imax screening mean it's just wow you know like i think you said you don't just sort of like you're not sitting watching the film you kind of feel like you're in the film and the sound it's like it just goes right through yeah it's it's amazing um but the film itself was good fun yeah i mean i wasn't probably i mean you weren't down on it dave but oh, i mean no, no. I, I could see where you're coming from in, in, in as much as saying you know it's um it, it, it's, it's kind of wearing thin a little bit, the, the the whole thing about the CG and everything. There's a shit tonne of CG in it, but uh, I, I was thoroughly entertained from start to finish. Like you said, loads of one-liners. Uh, that's the thing also, also as well. It's like everybody's got a bit of a one-liner now. It's like kind of, you know, there's... I don't know. It, and I can see where you're coming Ramrod. you know, it's like... Um, Spader was pretty good in the role, you know, he, he, the voice acting was good, but it would have been nice to perhaps see him a little bit, you know, because he's mm. a fantastic actor.
2: You, um, you can't get the emotion, I was thinking. With somebody like James Spader, I like the way he emotes because he, he's a he's a unique sort of talent, and just to stick him in as a
1: voice, I don't know, I like to see the man's face. i got a yeah. thing about his face. He's got a good face. He has, yeah. It's it's funny how you see him now, because, I mean, he's he's done that TV show, Oh, it's, he's like... Um... I think it's quite popular, but I can't remember what it is because I've never actually seen it, but he's like... uh, Is that the West
2: Wing or something like that he's in? Some political uh, thing. I'm going to have to look
1: it up while we speak. But um, But it's, uh, it's, yeah, I think it's fairly, you know, highly acclaimed and everything. But it's amazing to think, like, what he was, you know, in his younger years and everything else and how he's developed as an actor. And, uh, I mean, he was part of the... Pack, wasn't he back yeah. in the day and all that sort of stuff? Um, so, I mean, he, he's done Boston Legal, but The Blacklist that's the one I'm talking about. And apparently, he's, ah. to, he's really good in that. I've not actually seen it um, myself, but um, I've still yet to watch Secretary as well. It's for my shame, mate.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what a film! I mean, the two that I mean, he's got a couple of great films in his canon, but I mean, for my money, Secretary and Crash are just. You know, above and beyond. And Bad Influence as well, and I think that one with Rob Lowe. Yeah. I mean, that's back in the late 80s, isn't it? But, oh, God, get Secretary done, mate. That's a nice night for you and the missus. Secretary. I have We're going to play a game afterwards. Oh. Yeah, and I'm going to be James Spader, and you're going to be um,
1: Jake Gyllenhaal's sister. That's it. Ooh. And that's that. She, well, she, actually, she could be Jake Gyllenhaal from... Um... Jarhead. Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> oh I was,
2: I was just, let, I just let rip with my favourite Jake John Hall film there, didn't I? Oh, in Jarhead, he's really muscly though, isn't he, in Jarhead?
1: <laughs> he's got a new one coming out, hasn't he? Um, boxing movies, he's got oh, the weight yeah. for that as well.
2: Fucking hell, it looks amazing.
1: Um, but yeah, just looking uh, at James Spade, I'm looking at his filmography now. I mean, he's done a few racy like, films in his time, hasn't he? Like uh, Sex, Lives and Videotape, uh, White Palace, mm-hmm. uh, with Susan Sarandon. And so, gets yeah. To- Gets to give her one, which, I mean, I've thought about that. I mean, Susan Sarandon's gorgeous, isn't she? In the hunt. But, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, it was good. I mean, the thing is, with the CG for Ultron himself, he he did kind of feel like a character because, like, the eyes and everything, you know, you can tell it's had a load of money spent on it. But I'm just kind of thinking, you know what, the the next Avengers, I think it's going to be split into two. It's like Civil War and all that kind of stuff. Uh, or there could be an Avengers three. I don't know. There's, I mean, there's shitloads of them in there, but I'm not that excited for it anymore. It's like, yeah, I'll probably watch it, but it's just like it's wearing a little bit thin, and I don't want to sound like an old git, you know, because <laughs> that's your that's your job, Dave. But um, you know, but but still. So that yeah, I mean it was really good, you know, and everything else. But what are your experiences of IMAX? Because like you say, you've both—I mean, you went recently, didn't you, Ram Roberts? So I want to know what you think of it. Yeah, I mean, I I, do. You
2: know what? I get—I've got this weird anxiety with new things where I think I'm not going to like it, or it's not—it's going to be overwhelming and all this. So I've avoided things like Gravity and stuff like that because I was worried about literally worried about having a panic attack in the cinema watching Gravity Mm -hmm. because I heard how immersive the 3D was. But when we went to this new one we've got in Broughton um, to see Mad Max, which we'll. Gonna come on to later. Um, uh, my girlfriend Zoe's never been to an IMAX, so we were we were excited to go. And I, I got to the point where we turned the corner to walk into the cinema. Because remember how cinemas used to be, where you used to come in at the top and you walk down to your seats, mm-hmm. well in, as they are now, you walk up to your seats. But as soon as I turned that corner and looked at the size of the fucking screen, I just looked at Zoe and went oh my fucking God, it's huge. And that was it then. We sat down, the seats are beautiful. And the little test screen thing comes on where he goes, you can hear a pin drop or an airliner taking off. And I went, oh my God, it's so fucking loud. It's amazing. <laughs> but then we were treated to the trailer for Jurassic World. And um, my, my favourite ever cinema experience, by the time I went to watch True Lies and we had an intermission and uh, somebody dropped a fag on me. <laughs> um, that was a great time. Then were the days, weren't they, like, when you could smoke in the cinema? Oh yeah, and that a was fucking the thing, intermission. Though. Smoking, right? Here's
0: the thing: smoking was well, the local cinema where I used to live. The smoking section was always right at the front, and then as the seats went up and towards the back, that was the non-smoking section. So all the non-smokers had to watch the screen through this like <laughs> yeah. fog that was appeared in front of them. It's the... like that bit in Cape Fear, isn't it, when Robert De Niro's
2: smoking that stogie. Oh, oh, yeah. And he's just going, ha ha. It's that was it wasn't the same in Wrexham, you know, you had to smoke if you're in the cinema in Wrexham <laughs> or you weren't allowed in. <laughs> But um, no, going there, in the, when uh, the Jurassic World trailer came on, um, and I know we've spoken about trailers and that, but I've seen this teaser a hundred times now, but to see it in an IMAX 3D, I have never recoiled in my chair before when something's come out of the screen at me. Um, it, it literally blew me away. It was Avatar was the only other time I can say, when I first experienced 3D, I went, holy shit, technology has moved on. But on an IMAX screen... I, I was looking for a way out when that fucking thing comes out of the water at the screen. I We both physically went back in our seats and went, oh shit, normal cinema is dead now. Every film I am gonna now want to
1: watch on this yeah. massive screen. It's like it's ruined it for you now, hasn't it? It's like you've got yeah. to watch it. If it's there, you're going to do it. And I, th- I don't think I mean, it's, I think it's about 12 quid to book it online. And that's the other thing I do like now, that you can book your tickets so you can actually book your seat where you want to sit, which is, is nice. Um, but you know it's kind of like ah oh, every time it's on i'm 12 pound for an imax for that experience i don't think it's too but i think it's about 12 quid but and because you, you get about 10 percent off if you sort of join up with cineworld or whatever but so um it's right so i mean i've got mostly films to talk about and a few games i haven't really got much tv so but i'm going to get this out of the way from the start because i'll not get it out of the way but i've been looking forward to talking to you about this um ramrod and dave i guess to a certain extent, but more so Ramrod because I know he's a big hero of yours. You're going to talk
2: about something I love now. It's <laughs>
1: I know, and 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 it's mainly because you've been talking about him for obviously for ages, and then you would sort of like yeah. on, talking on Twitter, you know, and you sort of like um you've got your picture standing next to him, and you're saying how hey, much of a great guy he was when you met him. Was it Comic Con in Wales? Was it? Yeah, man. I mean, I'll tell you all about it later, but he's uh, a fucking huge hero of mine. Okay, so and and then from my point of view, so I, I've been looking around. There's, there's not many films on Netflix. I think it's about three, um, but the one that was on there, and we, we're going to talk about Scott Atkins, and it's um, Ninja Shadow of a Tear. I'm you just going to get me cock out. Hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I think you mentioned this, So it could have been the first one, because I didn't know that this was a sequel. Because, I mean, to be fair, you can watch it as a standalone movie, I'm guessing, because there's nothing really um, that I felt like I was missing out on. It does feel like it's a standalone movie. Um, but, so, just to talk about the film then for a little bit. So, uh, Scott Atkins is um, a just a guy who sort of like you know does martial arts and stuff and he's settling down he, he uh he trains people in martial arts and then something happens to him and he goes on this kind of like hunt for vengeance and stuff like that and we start from the, the the off i love ninjas when i was a kid ninjas were everything for me i just loved everything to do with ninjas consumed anything to do with ninjas you know shurikens um you know all sorts of like blowpipes and everything else wanted to dress up as a ninja so sort of wear the black outfit i remember like having pump you know like little black pumps and he used to think that they were the sort of like the uh little socks that they wore and stuff like that he even put like you know black socks like you know because they sort of like have their socks tucked in between the big toe and the and the, the toe next to it you know <laughs> run around the house doing oh, that sort of shit thank you know you. You. you know and and uh, sort of like even as uh, it was one um shogasugi because uh, i'll talk about him in a bit because uh, he was in uh, uh, pray for death, you know anything Sakura ninjas or Sakura warriors, whatever it is, you know even Ninja Terminator, which I know you covered on Eighties uh, Pictures, which I must admit I still think is a really funny film. Also. It's <laughs> it's great, but it is mental. Um, and and just love it, all that kind of stuff. Um, Kasugi was in The Master with Lee Van Cleef. That was just like a short-lived TV show, which I remember loving as well. Just everything to do with ninjas, everything anything to do with ninjas, video games. Now, to me, right this this movie Ninja. Um, it feels like it's an old-school kind of 80s ninja film, but it is so well made and shot, and the action is amazing. So my experience of Scott Atkins, This Is It, I didn't know uh, it, up until recently that he was in Expendables 2, because I'll be honest with you, I didn't really like Expendables 2. I, uh, I just thought it was a bit... Too kind of like jokey. It was this too much of that stuff going on. It's like oh, let's do each other's catchphrases, you know. And the joke kind of wore a little bit thin for me, and then just the kind of missed the trick really. But I still haven't seen three, but I guess I will at some point. But he, from what I remember, is the best thing in Expendables two because he has this fight with Statham, if I remember rightly. Uh, yeah,
2: he gets his head rotated off by a helicopter blade.
1: That, that's the one. <laughs> but he's the, he's probably the best thing in that for me anyway. I mean, but um, so then watching this, he. Is an incredible martial artist. I mean, some of the stuff he does in, in this film is just crazy, you know. he's so, And I've got to say as well, Ramrod, I mean, you're going to talk about why you like him so much. But mm. he's a beautiful man as well. Oh, I mean, he fucking is. I know that there's a lot of homoerotic stuff goes on this in this podcast. Because <laughs> listening back last time, I got quite <laughs> excited when we started talking about Mads Mikkelsen. <laughs> uh, and, and I, I even, no shame like,
2: there, mate. There's no shame. I,
1: I swooned at one point thinking about him, you know, and so maybe if we talk about Timothy Oliphant, I'll probably, I don't know how I'll cope, but um, but Scott Atkins, man, I'll tell you what, he's like carved out of stone and he's got the look. And the thing that, from looking at his filmography, from me, you know, again, my point of view, is that why isn't he one of the biggest action stars in the world right now? I just, I know in his own right, you know, in in his own, the films he's doing, they're, they're great and everything, but he should be one of the biggest action stars if fucking statham can do it then this guy can should be able to be, be, you know be up there it's he's, just like he's a far better actor than jason statham yeah he is easily a far
2: better actor and that that i agree with i've got to come in it is an absolute joke that he is not a top billing cinema money bankable cuz if jason statham can do martial arts okay but scott adkins what the fuck, mate? I and mean, I mean, I'll go on to like Universal Soldier as well, the the one he's in. And if anybody's ever seen a bit of acting from Scott Adkins, watch him in that Universal Soldier regeneration. It'll knock your fucking socks off. It's a shame, and I, I I'm sorry, carry on. But it, it just pisses me off that he's not up there.
1: Yeah, I mean, again, looking at it, he, I mean, he was in EastEnders, according to IMDb and Holby City, and he's done. I think he's from Sutton Coalfield. Um, looking at it, again, he's um, which isn't that far away. Thinking about it, but you know, and he's go just to, go to him, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to camp outside his house. <laughs> I love you. But no, I, I mean he is. And I just I, looking. I mean he has had some big films on on his under his belt and stuff. I'm getting like I said, Expendables Tomb, It, it looks like he was in Zero Dark Thirty, but I haven't seen that yet. Um, and it, you just think, oh, why not? What yeah, He's he was um, in X Men Origins as well. and He. Do the dead? Well, he wasn't Deadpool in that, but you know he was. On, you know, play, he did all the martial arts but from what I understand. To correct me if I'm wrong, but as far, yeah. as far
2: as I'm concerned, he was the first person to play Deadpool on screen, yeah. fucking before Ryan Reynolds. And I
1: told him that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to know what you saw. So you met him, so I wanna know a little bit what you think about him, what and, and everything else. Because I do now. I just want to. I mean, you mentioned Undisputed
0: before. I want to watch that. And that's oh, oh
2: great film. Well, Dave, you met him before me, technically.
0: I did, yeah, because I got in there first. We'd got, we were lucky enough to have like press passes that day, so we got in before anybody. And um, I didn't, by the way. You didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we did. And he is, and he's again, he's one of those. He was like such a lovely guy. To me and uh, you'll bring this up, mate, won't you, as well? Because we were both incredulous at how there were people from there was somebody, let's say for argument's sake, that was next to him or close to him that played an alien in Doctor Who 20 years ago, and there'd be a queue to see them, and then there'd be somebody from Torchwood who was in one episode for five minutes, and there was a queue to see them. Then you've got Scott Atkins. And nobody was going to see him. And it was like, what the fuck's going on here, North Wales? What are you doing? Why the queue should have been to see Scott Atkins, shouldn't it? I mean, the same... Because mm. you got there later in the day, didn't you, mate? Yeah. And it was the same thing then, wasn't it? I had to gear myself up all fucking
2: morning to to cope with the fact I'm going to meet. The, the, the biggest... I mean, next to, I think, you've got Bruce Lee... You've got Donnie Yen and Jackie Chan. Obviously, can't take nothing away from Jackie Chan. What he did in martial arts cinema is, like, uh, you know, unmatched. And Donnie Yen now is the greatest. Tony Jaa. Yeah. Scott Adkins. And Scott Adkins is sitting in a sports hall nine miles from my house. And I couldn't fucking cope with it. I couldn't cope with it because I was so... And I don't really get starstruck because I've met loads of, like, actors and that before. I've met Darth Vader the other week and, you know, I've met all these people and it's got something about Scott Adkins because, not just because he's a film star and that, but his martial arts ability is unmatched now, really, for a, for a westerner. Mm-hmm. Nobody does that, what he can do. He's like a fucking, he's like he's got a magical power and he can fly and all this. <laughs> it's like, it's incredible. And I was gearing myself up all morning. When we got to the the Comic Con, um, Spencer was sitting next to him, Spence Wilding, who we kinda know anyway, there's a little link through um the family to and Spencer's played I mean he was in Green Street three with him and now Chris. Right. Have you have seen Green Street? You know that shite with Elijah Wood. Yeah, I've not not seen that, no. Well anyway, there was a shitty sequel and then there was a threequel and Scott Adkins is in it as a footballer going doing a Cockney accent and it's <laughs> You've got to see everything he's in because everything's value for money and he fought Spencer Wilder and Spencer was in um, Guardians of the Galaxy he was the guy in the prison that took Star-Lord's headphones and all this so it's like whoa you've just been in Guardians of the Galaxy so we went up to Spencer and I could see Scott Adkins sitting there idly texting on his phone looking bored shitless nobody was talking to him and I thought this is a fucking insult to this man so I'm talking to Spencer Wilden, and then he was going about Guardians of the Galaxy and he goes I know why you're really here you're here to see him aren't you and I said why he goes because I can see you edging towards him slowly and I was going no no and I was like fuck how do I break the ice with Scott Adkins you know do I just take my shirt off and go come on (laughs) you know because that's (laughs) that's what I want to do I want to impress him because he impresses me every time I look at the man so I want to fucking I want to match him head on but like a total big girl, I just kind of shuffled over in front of him and his poor little bored face looked up at me and I said hello Scott, I said it's a real pleasure to meet you, now I didn't know beforehand that Tina and Dave had met him and set something up for me now get a (laughs) load of this right so we just start idly and I said oh I says, it's real, I've got a giddy like a girl I said it's a real, real honour to meet you I said I'm, I'm a really huge fan but you probably hear that a lot don't you and he goes are you Ramrod and I was like <laughs> oh. what the fuck
0: <laughs> I, I bet your like, whole face was <laughs> a uh, yes. that was so funny because yes, yeah. Yeah. We, we were there earlier and we said look Scott and we said this similar to you mate I said there's, there's a guy going to come in and you know you probably do hear a lot. You know, I'm your biggest fan. I'm your biggest fan. I said, but he is an absolute huge fan of yours. I said, you won't be able to mistake him for anybody else. I said, just look for big beard and tattoos and he'll come and he'll probably be like drooling over you. Just watch out for him. I said, can you do us a favor? Can you say to him, oh, you must be ramrods. I love you forever. And it was, it was hours later and he, bless him, he still remembered it and he did and he it. he
2: got it. Because well, honest to God, Dave, I think I was the second person to speak to him then that day. <laughs> because, I mean, he literally came to life. Because there was me and Zoe and my other sister, Jenny, and Martin. Now, Jenny's boyfriend, Martin, my other sister, he's a black belt in taekwondo. He's a great martial artist anyway. You know, he's getting a bit chubby in his, in, his, in his later years now, but he's a hard fucker and he's got loads of respect for Martin. Arts cinema, And he didn't. Throughout the whole time I was with Scott Atkins, he couldn't muster up a word because I think he was that, he's that wowed in awe. And I, it, that's the best word. It, he's awesome. And what he does is awesome. And we just started talking. And I don't know whether it was wishful thinking um, or wistfulness, but I felt like we kind of met on the same level because he's of a similar age yeah. and he loves martial arts movies. And I love martial arts movies. And we started having a good chat about it. Um, he's, a, he's a beautiful man. A real... Uh, he had time. Um, he wasn't just trying to sell an autograph. He wanted to talk about what he loves. And I wanted to talk about him doing it. He Now, you haven't seen Undisputed 2 or 3, you say? Not yet. Now... Right, he does a character in this, which is probably his most famous character, Yuri Boyka, the most complete fighter. He's probably one of the best Russian pretenders ever, Scott Adkins. <laughs> and uh, I was talking to him, because he's got all his pictures laid out in front of him. So he's got Ninja, Ninja Shadow of Tear, Universal Soldier Generation, X-Men, and he's got Green Street 3, which is hilarious. And um, he's got Boyka. Now, when you watch Undisputed 2 and 3, Undisputed 2, he's kind of... He, he, Michael J. White is his nemesis in it. He's the bad guy, basically, Scott Adkins. Mm. And he does things in this film that I've never seen in a martial arts film before, and in the third one, it centres on him. So I, and then he did the Yuri Boykov voice. He'd talk like this in the Russian. And oh my God, I was getting wet when he was doing it. <laughs> it was honest to God. Like I'll never have an experience. If even if I met you know uh, George Lucas or something tomorrow, I would not be as a fraction of as excited I was as meeting Scott Adkins, and I'll never forget it as long as I live because he was so generous in you know, his time, and talking about things and um, he said uh, the only the only guy he really wants to work with now is Tony Jaa. he said he's the best, he is the best and he said, and second best to him is Keanu Reeves and I went whoa Keanu Reeves and he said yeah he said there's a film coming out this year called John Wick and I was like oh I think I've heard something about it and he said Keanu Reeves takes no prisoners in that film he's done all his own stunts he trains as hard as I train, he's the real thing and he, we had a conversation about Keanu Reeves and all this and it was I couldn't believe it I couldn't believe I was having this amazing time with Scott Adkins to the point where I invited him for a pint with me probably the wrong thing to do because he doesn't probably doesn't drink and all she's like no no i don't drink and all this i was like oh yeah how foolish of me you don't drink and all this are we not friends now can we hug anyway when he came around the table i said can we have photos now the good thing about zoe is she's a she's a bugger with photos she will take a hundred photos and you won't even notice so everything was charted until we came into our clinch and i've been building myself up for months saying what was i like dave (laughs) I'm gonna try and do am hi- I'm gonna try and kick him and hope he blocks it. I'm gonna get him in a headlock. I'm gonna ask him to get me in a headlock and all these things I was thinking of doing. And then we kind of put our arms around each other and I just reached across and grabbed his chest. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I couldn't stop myself. There's a great and, picture of you feeling
0: mate- his titties.
2: I've got, I've got a handful of Atkins pectoral, and it was as hard as you wanted it to be, Chris. But he literally—I'm not joking now—because all the pictures are great because he's laughing and everything. And you know, I sound so fucking gay doing this, but he literally <laughs> flexed his muscle when I grabbed it, oh! <laughs> and I was like, "Oh shit, you legend!" But yeah, he was just like an hes just a normal, humble guy, but. Go what we're probably gonna talk about later, I'll bring up later, he didn't have very good things to say about a certain exceptionally famous martial arts movie star oh. and it was quite eye opening what he said. And he also said, What is wrong with people in North Wales? Don't they like action movies? And I said, Well, as nobody comes speak to he said, No nobody has come to speak to me today and i was so gutted for him because i thought what a waste of his time how disheartening it must be for him Mm. you know a guy who's at the peak of his career now making the best martial arts films out there nobody gives a shit who he is because he's not in fucking torchwood that's
0: it and he's probably never come to north wales again there because of that
2: exactly you know and i i I did go back around and speak to him again. He shook my hand after. He got up and shook my hand and thanked me and, uh, you know, my girlfriend Jenny and that for coming and talking to him. And uh, that it broke my heart a little bit because I thought, you know, how, how sad this guy is. You know, people should be bowing in front of him. You know he's he's so amazing, but there it is. That's the that's the story of the modern day action star because he's not Dwayne Johnson, who uh, you know he's he's not Jason Statham. He is a guy who is director DVD, which is a fucking another insult to his talents. He's a great actor. Nah, he doesn't get the movies to show his talents. Um, there it is. That's Scott Adkins' life now. Mm-hmm. He got a cameo in fucking Expendables two, and like you say, Chris, I agree. He's the best thing in it. But that that's thats the sad story of Scott. Okay. It was beautiful. It was bittersweet. You know, it was bittersweet because, uh, I mean, I even said, you know, I think, I think you're a great actor. And in Universal Soldier A Generation, if it's not the most violent action film since The Raid and The Raid 2, then I don't know what's going on out there. I mean, I've never seen a guy get his head baseball batted off before. But Scott Atkins <laughs> gives you that in that film, so yeah, it was a great it was a great experience to meet him, and that it's probably the only photos on my phone, apart from the the ones of my beautiful girlfriend, that I will never ever delete is me touching Scott Atkins's boob.
1: <laughs> I'm definitely going to seek out more of his movies because you know uh, uh, what, well, like you said, what you can do on screen is just immense, you know. And I'll I'd definitely recommend anybody go out and check check out you know that that film Ninja. Um, Shadow of a Tear. It was, mm. It's beautiful. It's a really good film. You know, you he said he's he's just really good in it. Great actor. Great action. I'm just looking at it now. It's a little bit depressing because I mean he's the same age as me. He was born in 1976 in June 1976. So it's his birthday next month. So happy birthday, Scott! Happy but birthday, Scott! It's it's like oh man, if you could get in one sixty 60 minutes with and have a chat with him, that that would be amazing but it's such a shame like you said because he's great you know really he just deserves a bit more recognition i yeah. think he's, so. a, he's he's a great guy
2: i mean just to say quickly about ninja i mean the director of that film isaac florentine seek out anything he's directed yes. because as far as action directors go these days i mean scott said himself he's a black belt in many martial arts he is the best fight Director outside of Hong Kong, without a doubt.
0: Oh yeah, I'll will second that. The way that he films fight scenes is how you want to watch fight scenes. You yeah. know, because you know he he does it. He knows it. He knows how it should be shown. And yeah, anything by him is it's guaranteed to watch. Yeah, uh, he, he's the
2: Ridley Scott of fight movies. That's
1: that's that's, that's applauded if there ever was one. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Just to uh, touch on that as well, Kane Kasugi. Is he the son of Show Kasugi as well? I'll see so you're going into territory I'm not familiar with there. Mm-hmm. Ah, okay. Sorry, because I, re- I recently watched um, Black Eagle, which there'll be re- a review of on the 60 Minutes With website shortly. Um, and it's been... Oh, God. How many th- years has it been since I've watched that? It's about 20-odd years? Easy, since it's been on VHS. Um, so, And he's a little kid in that, because it's got, uh, got Shane and Kane Kasugi. I mean, they're the, his two children. I think he plays... It's... I'm going, it's um, scott atkins uh senpai is it he's kind of uh, oh yeah 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 i know where you're going yeah um so and he's good in it as well so it's just good to sort of see him because i've seen him in like because um shoka had his kids in uh pray for death as well i'm sure he did so these kids always seem to play a little cameo in the movies that he was in um but yeah he's good as well so but uh yeah scott atkins guy and watch those movies yes He's awesome. Yeah. Mm. Un- yeah, Universal Soldier regeneration. You don't
2: need to have seen the others because it's a real, it's a weird film. isn't it, Dave, it's like it, I had to watch it two or three times to get the plot. Yeah. But the violence in it is fucking. Oh yeah. I
0: mean, forget some of the lame sequels that you might have watched for Universal Soldier. This is the one to go to. Watch the first one and then watch this one. Yeah. 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 It's really good he's a he's
2: a he's a hard
0: bastard in it and like i
2: said baseball bats somebody's head off (laughs) not like a stupid cartoon it's like the fight he has with this guy he's the russian guy who's like an mma fighter big massive russian guy and he fights him and fights him and fights him with every bit of scott adkins that you can throw at him until he has to baseball bat his head in half
1: nice (laughs) yeah you're welcome sounds (laughs) wicked (laughs) I've got two, just two more films, really, to talk about, and then I'll, cause I feel like I don't want to take over, but um, just to mention very quickly, because, again, uh, you, you've talked about it before, but Lone Survivor. Oh, uh, yeah. We watched it together, didn't we, man? I was going to say, we, we sat together late at night, holding hands. Yeah. Yeah. Shared a moment. We did. So, no, I, we, I obviously I, I came around and visited um, recently, and we uh, we played some video games, which was awesome. And then we kind of like deciding what film to watch. And there was a few and everything. So um, we ended up watching Lone Survivor. Now, this is quite late at night. I think the film finished at about quarter to two, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I
0: think it was, yeah.
1: Then we'd been drinking a bit as well, you know. So it, if it had been any other film, I would imagine that we would probably, I would have been nodding off a little bit. But let me tell you, this film, it it is so tense that there's no nodding off, I w- you know, you are literally on the ed- edge of your seat just watching this but it's just oh, it-, it is like you said before it's a proper man's film and it's it's hard working as much as like it's tough watching what these soldiers go through, I mean essentially the story is like these are you know, the Navy SEALs and, and you know, the the, t- the hardest men, you know, th- that what they go through, there's like montage at the start of the movie about these real-life soldiers and what and what they go through to, to train to become these sort of like Navy SEALs and everything else. And fucking hell, I mean, that's, you know, I was out of breath just watching it. It's incredible sort of the punishment they get put through. But the, the, these SEAL team, they go off and they're looking for this kind of like high-profile t- pro- high target, which, you know, for the Taliban. And it's... Shit kicks off, you know, and it's just like... I thought Black Hawk Down was an intense movie. Uh, this is a proper full-on... You know, I think it's because if it's it's a bit more intimate because it's like, because of it, it is these kind of, you know, four guys that are there and um, you, you just kind of, you you can't help but be drawn into them. Whereas Black Hawk Down, there's so much going on and it is impressive the way it, it all kind of like is choreographed and put together. But you kind of like, you don't connect with the soldiers particularly. Whereas with Lone Survivor, you're right there with them and you're kind of like going through every single bump and, Fall and you know, pain that they go through. It's an incredible movie, and it is you know, Peter Berg. Just to talk about him, the director, a little bit. I was, I was saying to you, I remember the first thing I, I think I ever saw him in was Shocker, um, Wes Craven directed movie, and uh, that's a really underrated movie. Oh, I think,
0: oh god, yeah, is, that, is it Howard Pinker? That's,
1: that's the yeah. guy, yeah. yeah, um, and you know, kind of, I mean, you know, very similar to. Um, Elm Street I guess except uh, this guy comes through the fucking electrical <laughs> sockets <laughs> instead of your, your dreams he can get to you anywhere as long as there's electricity and stuff like that you know but I really like Shocker I've watched it loads of times loads and loads of times and um, you know he's just kind of like come on in terms of um, act, is you now directing more than anything else um, I've been really impressed with some of the stuff he's done just looking at his it, again filmography now very bad things have you guys seen that with yeah excellent yeah, film yeah great film um uh, welcome to the jungle you mentioned him earlier on with uh dwayne johnson that uh that, that's okay then he did friday night lights which is highly acclaimed haven't seen that one. Um, oh
2: my god i know I <laughs> like know. the best sports film out there it's it'll break your fucking heart mate
1: okay uh, the kingdom which I've, I've seen that's that's quite again an intense movie a bit more mainstream i guess but it, it's you know quite an intense film um uh, he's he's done some more. I think he's. I don't know whether he's tried to break into the sort of like the mainstream. I guess, but he did Hancock as well and Battleship, which got panned. But I've never actually seen that. Um, but obviously now Lone Survivor. I think he's got. He can do what he wants really. You know, I think because he. I, I'm sure I read somewhere as well that um, he did. He learned under Michael Mann, or he, he learned a lot of his stuff from Michael Mann and everything. Um, that's the
2: that's the key to what he's done because he's he's like his father figure in filmmaking, and um, he's he's got like a cameo in Hancock and everything, Michael Mann, and it's he says on the making of, he says I wouldn't be making the films I make now if it wasn't for Michael Mann, yeah, you know, and Michael Mann is like fucking, it's like the best, isn't he? I love his movies so yeah. bad. But um, look, I remember introducing Dave to Lone Survivor that night. We we kind of held hands. You added my sloppy <laughs> seconds there, Chris. <laughs> we we held hands that night, and I said, "Dave, watch this movie. It's a proper blokes movie. Get your balls out and watch this." And he did.
0: I did. I rolled up my trouser leg and showed them, and then he exposed we, the bollocks. Yeah, I remember to this day. It's like I can't remember the last time I watched a film watching that, and I was literally gripping the armrest of the couch, and it was just like. It seemed to be. You watch it for two hours, and then when two hours has gone by, you just you can finally exhale, because you're just holding your breath all the way through it. And the fact that it's a true story, based on this true story as well, and I would um, I would urge you, Chris, to get the Blu-ray of it, Mm. um, because there's so many extras on it, and they go into the real-life footage of the marines they expand upon the montage bit that's at the start of the film they also show like real-life footage of the actual characters that were portrayed and talk to the families and that and i can guarantee you mate just be prepared to shed the odd tear when you're watching some of these extras it will really well you up mate really well
1: yeah it, it it was great uh again just i mean i feel like i've watched some really good films lately um and then just to finish it off, I really want to hear what you guys have got to say, what you've been up to. But, um, again, film that you've watched, I was a bit trepidatious about watching it because I love the TV show, but I watched The Equaliser as well. Oh, um, yeah. Beautiful. And I've got to say, again, just because we, we talked, um, you know, about Denzel last time round, and, you know, he's great. He's fantastic. But this is just, I mean, if, if you do... Um, like TV show The Equalizer, which you know, or if you've got any kind of um, you know good fond thoughts for it, then don't be worried about watching this. I would say because the only c- kind of thing that it, it it kind of connects it to the TV show, it, it doesn't piss on it, you know. It doesn't take liberties. It's just literally the character, and that he is a, like kind of a, a former agent, and he just helps people, which I guess. And it kind of I like the. I mean, you said that this has been set for uh, the, the greenlit for a, se- a sequel as well. I believe, Yeah, I'm sure I've read that somewhere, that it has been greenlit. Which I think would be awesome. And it, it's great, you know, I mean, the trailer kind of sets it up for, like it's going to be this kind of um, relationship between him and Chloe Grace Moretz. And there is a little bit, but she, she's not in it that much. But it's kind of more about him, you know, and it's just the way he acts, you know, it's... Because he's he's so charming in in the in the film, you know, and he can see like he's very, you know, he gets on with his co-workers and his friends and everything else, and he'd do anything. But there's danger there. He's if you cross him, he, it's just in his eyes. I think you know you do not want to fuck with this guy. <laughs> oh, you know, he's it, just like you know he's got that look. You know, it's like a look of just you know if you carry on, I will. Fuck you up seriously, and <laughs> but it's just the action sequences as well. Just the way it's well, it's done. It's a it's a cracking film, you know. And um, the violence in it's just, just yeah. Like you said, I think you described it as. He's a bit like Jason Voorhees at the Amer- is,
0: Oh, the scene in like the American the, equivalent of being Q. and
2: Q scene.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome.
1: It's a really really good film, and so I just wanted to kind of touch on on those films really, but. Um, yeah I've talked for loads so I want so to know can what you talk
2: talk talk I mean never get stuck at night in home base with Denzel Washington and you've had a row because anything is a weapon I mean what does he get? he gets poker player a millionaire legend Dan Bilzerian and garrots him with razor wire in it, I mean, fuck yeah <laughs> I, I mean, I likened Equalizer to Batman Begins because it's an origin story of the character, I think, because by the end he is the Equalizer, isn't he? Yeah, he it. becomes Equalizer, so the sequel will just be, how can I help? I'm Batman, you know, Black Man, or whatever he is, <laughs> I'm Black Man <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, equalizer's crazy. Well, I, d- I don't know, Dave. Do you, do you want to get into this now? Go on, or, then. Let's uh, let's should, get we, should let's, we get it over with? Uh, let's get. I'm you just know just going to sit
0: back and a, enjoy. There's a big moments. elephant in the room. Like, there's an be. elephant. I've been. Let's address it, for this. shall we?
2: Right. Well, I- I'll just I'll just throw this in now. Right. Obviously, this amazing franchise from the seventies slash eighties has just had a sequel made. And it is a sequel. I don't think it's a remake or a reboot. I say it's a sequel. Yes, I say it's the fourth film. I yeah. agree, yeah. And it, they've changed the lead actor and made another Mad Max film called Fury Road. Now, the first thing I'm going to say is, before anything else, as much as I love Tom Hardy, it should have been an old Mel Gibson. Any takers on that? An old, Get. grizzled Mel Gibson. Yeah, I'll agree yeah. with you on that, yeah, mate, too. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. Because this film has been set after thunderdome which is 35 years ago whenever that was made and it's set now why is max now a young unbroken-legged tom hardy i mean mad max has got metal plates on his leg he's fucked up he's had enough of the world and he's tom hardy all of a sudden now obviously Mad Max is a film about Mad Max and he's, you know, the first movie was uh, Death Wish set in the Australian Outback give or take, really. You know, a copper, you know, has had enough of the way the world's going, and then they turn on his family, murder his wife and his kid, and he becomes this vigilante, getting revenge. That was that. Then a couple of years later, they made Mad Max 2, otherwise known as The Road Warrior, where George Miller, the director, the visionary genius, I must say, that is George Miller, made this movie where he's gone, do you know what? I really wanted to make this amazing post-apocalyptic movie where this guy is this one man in a car fighting all the nightmare fucking... Craziness out there. It reminds me of Fist of the North Star, mm-hmm. you know, without the martial arts. It's and it's a beautiful, brilliant genre movie, and it'll never be beaten. That Mad Max: Two the Road Warrior. It right? It's movie. it's set a standard that is still never been beaten. There's a couple of films that have tried the luck to make a Mad Max movie, but you can't make a Mad Max film. It's Mel Gibson. It's mutants in the fucking Australian outback. It's fast cars. It's crazy high octane shit. It's cameras going straight through the windscreen. It's, nobody can make a film like that. And then Beyond Thunderdome now. Now are they, so there's mixed opinions. It's such a Marmite film, Beyond Thunderdome. I like it for what it is visually, mm. but, you know.
0: It's a, I think it's a product of its time as well, that one.
2: Yeah, obviously you've got it's the music video Mad Max, isn't it? But again, he's he's had more money and he's thrown in a lot more of the madness he obviously wants to put in this world. Mm. He's populating this post-apocalyptic future. And to be fair, he is moving it on because if you look how green the countryside is in Mad Max, there's still green in The Road Warrior, but in Beyond Thunderdome, it's desert. This is a world which is scorched. There's nothing left. So you fast-forward down to 2015, and the world is just a big, massive Mm. dust bowl, isn't it? There's nothing.
0: Oh, yeah, I think we should say, for any listeners as well that may be worried, there will be no spoilers. We're not going to give spoilers. No, no spoilers away, no spoilers.
2: But again, it's hard to spoil this one, to wise There's not many twists and turns (laughs) to the plot, like, but... This is a dust bowl. This is the future. Now, I personally, after seeing it, would have preferred to see a really old Mel Gibson who could still cut it, who would still be, you know, relevant in this film. Um, But we've got Tom Hardy, which is fine, you know. So anyway, this was my first IMAX experience. My mind was fucking blown by the visuals. Yeah. It was two hours of probably the most amazing looking shit I'm going to see on a cinema screen until Star Wars comes out. There's no question. Um... And I came. I went in there with Zoe, who's never seen any of the Mad Max films before, so this was her first Mad Max experience, blew her mind. You know, You know the practicality of the way he's constructed this world and the cars specifically it must have cost him a goddamn fortune. You know, George Miller is 70 years of age, and he's made a film which made me feel like I was at a fucking punk concert in 1983. Um, I was blown away by it. I was blown away by Fury Road. Now, on the other side of the moon is Dave floating around in Dave's opinion. <laughs> Dave's opinion shuttle,
0: and he can't get back to Earth. But, Dave, what did you think? When well, you the saw thing it? is, right, I'm I'm not alone in my little shuttle on the other side. I, because... thought, you were, I thought you were George
2: Clooney in gravity. You were just floating away <laughs> no. in space on your own, <laughs> No, mate.
0: there's a few others floating there with me from what I've oh. read online. It's polarised quite a few, really. And, again, like no spoilers, it's... As, I'm not a fan of Thunderdome, right? It's it's the weakest Mad Max of the original trilogy, right? But I've seen it three, maybe four times in all the years since it was released. So I went to see Fury Road, and I would I would just not be bothered if I never watched it again. It got to halfway through, and if I was watching it at home and had fallen asleep, say for some reason, you know. I, would, I wouldn't be bothered about watching the second half of it. And I'll give I'll give a couple of analogies here. For me, it was like watching a firework display. Of, at the start, and there's a big flash and a bang and pretty colours, and you go, whoa, that's good, that's good. And some more fireworks go off, and they're a different colour, and they make a different sound, and that's good. But if you're watching it for two hours, you go, yeah, it's another fucking firework, okay, move on. I wanted more to it than that. Um... And again, you could you know you could argue, well, maybe the Mad Max films are not known for their deep plots, but I did after this huge gap, I wanted to know Max's story, I wanted to know what happened to him, I wanted to go on whatever journey with him. I thought he wasn't needed in the film. I think the only reason it was called a Mad Max film was a obviously George Miller directing it, and he'd written it, and he could he then had a license to use visual images that he'd used previously and expand upon them and better them you know and better them and improve upon them um, but if he hadn't lumped it you know in with the Mad Max um, mythology people would have gone well it looks like that's just a Mad Max rip off so in a way he was forced to call it a Mad Max film even though Max really has nothing to do in the entire film and it, it's weird me, because you think this had got all the ingredients for a film that I would really love it's it's more or less two hours of non-stop, absolutely balls-out action. But in my second analogy, it could be like, I love cheeseburgers. I really love cheeseburgers. And I go to one place and I'll have a cheeseburger and it's great. And I'll go to another and I'll have one and it's great. And occasionally I'll go to a place and I'll have a cheeseburger and it's not great. The Just the ingredients aren't right in it and I don't like it. And it's it's the same with this. The ingredients for it just don't appeal to me. I got, and it sounds daft, I got bored with it. It was just, yeah, I've seen that car, I've seen a car crash, and I've seen an explosion, and yeah, it's crazy, and you've done this. Just give me more. And I think it links back to people that have listened to the previous entertainment shows. I think I'm at a stage now, and I don't know if it's getting older does this, or with watching films for longer. It's, I I want story now. I love action. But then again, I'm going to bring something up in my films, which will sort of change it a little bit. But I do... I want story. I want characters that I can care for. And, yeah, it was good. The, the action's are amazing in it. There's going to be stuff in this that will just, like, blow your mind that you've never seen. But there was too much of it for me. And in all honesty, I'm just... I'm not... It's not on my to-buy list. Tina's the opposite. I mean, she wants to buy it as soon as it's out on Blu-ray. But... I'm I'm just really not asked him watching it again.
2: I w I do you know what? I was so shocked when you said that you couldn't and I and I think and I've said maybe if you we'd watched it at my house on Blu ray with, you know, six beers honestly I think you and I know you really well, I think you'd have gone that was mint. I I honestly think I don't know, but I agree with the, the, the Mad Max analogy that yeah, obviously I think I'd like to speak to George Miller on this and find out, was that his intention, in tacking Max onto it so he could make this post-apocalyptic story, which centres more on Sally Stheron.
0: You know that if, if... I mean, I don't I don't know how it will work, but you do know that if George Miller said, OK, I've got another Mad Max movie, I'm going to make one, he would get more funding than... Yeah. Or, or if the studio, whatever, said, oh, I'm going to make this generic action movie that wasn't called Mad Max, even though it had a similar storyline you'd think the funders would go more towards, oh, a new Mad Max film. Well yeah you can imagine the meeting at Warner Brothers
2: can't you he's gone i've got this film called Fury Road it's going to star you know Charlize Theron you know she's the new Ripley for Christ's sake she's going to take this this Well it uh, was the
0: thing is though it was going to star uh, Mel Gibson at first because it's been in well,
2: yeah, development it, hell for ages exactly. hasn't it I'm 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 saddened though because last night what we did was me and Zoe went back and we watched Road Warrior and she's never seen it so I give her a little frame of reference for it and i i honestly was that spoiled by the amount of action in Fury Road that I felt a little bit bored watching Road Warrior, as controversial as that wow. sounds. I could, yeah, I, yeah. Can,
0: I can see that happening, though, actually. I could see it
2: happening. I mean, Mad Max, first one aside, it's a different movie. And yeah. I love that for what it is. It's a vigilante movie, it's a revenge movie. But honest to God, we were watching it, and I, and I didn't want to influence her opinion. I said, what do you think of this so far? And she goes, well, there's more Mad Max in It's a Mad Max film. And I said, yeah, it's about... Max this is but Fury Road isn't about Max and I I agree it's like he's in it to set the stage but it's this other story which probably maybe the studio has gone and said all right you've got to say it's Mad Max it's you know we need money in the bank mate how much did that fucking movie cost to make I am fascinated because there's not one penny that was wasted it is all on the screen and in terms of practicality I think Michael Bay you know, for for all the shit he gets, he directs amazing car action scenes. Bad Boys 2, uh, the highway scene on that, and the bit where they're coming down the favela. Oh, oh. You know, it's brilliant. Yeah. I forget the Fast and the Furious films. I mean, practical shit. Michael Bay can do great stuff. And there was, a, I mean, Tina's review, she does say a bit Michael Bay creeps into it in somewhat. But George Miller was the original Michael Bay, in my opinion. And nobody could have made Fury Road but George Miller. I I think personally for
0: me, there won't be a a bigger, better action movie this year. Well, this is it. After me and Tina went to see it, and you asked what we thought, and we gave our opinions, and of course they were both different, Mm -hmm. Um, and then, so you were a bit undecided whether to go or not. Mm. It is definitely one of those films. If you get the chance to see it on the big screen, preferably IMAX, you have to watch it. It's one of those big screen experiences. It really, really is. I think one thing that did distract from it is the fact that uh, as far as i know it was filmed in 2D and converted to 3D yeah. and i'm not a fan of 3D anyway whether it's because you know i wear glasses and it's certain eyesight it just it just splits it into distinct layers and it it instead of immersing me in the film it really does draw me out of the film so that was a plus a well, plus but a negative for it for me but again it's you really got to go and watch it and make your own mind up
2: yeah, I'd urge people to go and watch it. I mean, if they're fans of the, the Mad Max movies or car chase, you know, stuff or big action, I, I, I don't know anybody's not going to come out of it and go, "Well, oh, that was shit." You know, obviously, yeah. because you know there's going to be an audience now. I mean, if there's going to be young guys going to watch it who probably ha- you know, they 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 weren't born when Thunderdome came out, mm-hmm. so they're not going to go back and pick up nineteen seventy nine's Mad Max to watch it they're going to go well Tom Hardy's in it I know who Tom Hardy is probably Mel Gibson you know he's going to appeal to our generation but again what has he done of relevance nothing you know now because he's fucked his own career up I still think he's a legend he's Martin Riggs for Christ's sake It's one of the best movies ever Lethal Weapon and it's a shame because had he been in it I would have I would have bought that character more obviously because he is Max but it would have made sense that he's old as shit he's had enough He's tired. Let's pass the torch on to Charlie Seron, who fucking wipes the screen with Tom Hardy. Oh yeah, quite easily. Yeah, totally. You know, and Nicholas Holt as well. His character of Nux in it. I mean, it was he was fucking excellent, and I think he steals the film for me because he's got such a great thing. And I love what George Miller's done is he's gone. Whereas Ong you saw before was Toe Cutter in the original one and he's a nutter. Humongous in Road Warrior was just a nutter dressed as an S&M He-Man. And you have Vernon Wells with his ass out in a mohawk and you didn't really know what the fuck was going on. What, what do they do when they're not being psychos? Do they have five minutes and have a fag, you know, and you know, read a magazine? But you saw behind the scenes of the psychopaths and they're that affected by nuclear waste. They use human beings as blood banks to recharge them and all this. And it, it was great to see more story on their part. And you kind of got a sense that the bad guys weren't just lunatics roaming the wasteland. They were, you know, following this Jim Jones character who's promised them this other life, which, you know, he he, this is um, the guy who played Toe Cutter in the original Mad Max is back in this role as Immortan Joe. And it's one of the most fucking I think he's a brilliant bad guy. Reminds me of the Kurgan in Highlander. He looks horrific. He's like a fucking punk Darth Vader, and um, he gets to fuck Jason Statham's girlfriend and knock her up in it, which is great. Mm-hmm. Lucky him. Well, he's yeah. half a mutant yeah. as well. But yeah, I mean, it, I, it blew it blew me away. And I'll be honest with you, I can't get it out of my head since I've watched it. We've talked about it so much, um, I can't get it out of my head. I want to go again and watch it because I was that it it got me off that much. It was so fucking punk. It was just so punk. It was brilliant. And I'm, you know, I, I'll watch it again any day. And Dave, if you come and watch it with me, I'd, think it's one of I'd the, love it's, you to have it a go again with a few be, beers.
0: This is definitely, it's, it's an Expendables 3 type one. I'll, I've got to wait a few years and I'll revisit it at some point, I think, but I'm in no rush to watch it again.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, fair, it's fair play so you know we can uh, not be friends anymore
0: and that's that <laughs> <laughs> you're wrong you're wrong Dave <laughs> no, it's
2: it's good that you've got a different opinion well on this is it, it. I, I mean
0: it's the beauty of, of like cinema and music and books you know all sort of art forms isn't it that there's no right and wrong you can't and if you see people online and they're going no you're wrong this is great okay so it's great in your opinion in my opinion it's not great and you know there's no Fact about it, it's just people's opinions, and there's no right and wrong. You like what you like, and people like different things, and that's you know the be all and end all of it, really.
2: That's it. That is it. So yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting one, but yeah, go and watch it. Make your own minds up.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, you've got to watch
1: it. But watch it in IMAX if you get the chance. Yes,
0: watch anything in IMAX if you can.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking about looking at booking some tickets now. as,
0: <laughs> as Yeah, saying, you should do, mate. Do it. Yeah, do
1: it's, it. It's I mean, it's one of those. It's 30 years since. Um, Thunderdome isn't it? You know, so it's kind of like, well, you know, I suppose you, it's almost you'd, you've got to go and watch it because of, if you have any interest in mad wax, mad, yeah. mad, mad wax, mad wax, wax, then you, you know, you, you got to. Um, I'm kind of on the fence a little bit about it. I must admit, because like you, I'm a huge. Um, Mel Gibson fan, you know, and, and it would have been nice for him to, I guess, finish it off and like you said pass on the torch, but mm. looking at it I mean, um, Mad Max The Wasteland has apparently been announced and um, George Miller's going to be attached to that, whether it's going to direct or just produce or something, it's, he's going to be involved at some point, and maybe that'll be the, the Max story, I guess, you know, just expand on his character a little bit, who knows but, yeah, I do agree that Road Warrior is... It's my favourite out of the, the original three, anyway. pretty like that. Yeah. I watched them last year, and Mad Max One's it is great, but it's a weird film in places. There's a bit at the start, when he goes home to his missus, and now they, they've got a little baby or a toddler. They practically ignore this kid throughout, throughout the most of the film. And in fact, he leaves his fucking revolver or something on the floor and the kid goes up to it and starts (laughs) playing with it what the (laughs) fuck's going on here it's a bizarre film but it what other film as well features um, is it Nell Mangle uh, not is it not Mrs. Mang? Oh, from uh, Prisoner Cell Block H. Anyway, she's in it. The um, the old lady who used. Do you remember what was, Prisoner Cell Block H? Oh, a long yeah. time. Oh, ago. yeah, yeah. The, one of the prisoners, the old woman in that, she plays um, a relative of theirs. Where they go and stay in that kind of house in the woods. If uh, you'll know who I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. But um, and as well, just a bit of um, well, not trivia as such, but I, I'm a massive fan of the uh, Fighting Fantasy books. I don't know if you guys ever used to read those.
0: Oh yeah, totally.
1: Um, Ian Livingstone and Steve Jackson and Freeway Fighter was my first ever um, fighting fantasy book, and if you look, that I bought that purely on the cover, and I wasn't really. This got these books got me into reading because they were just. More interest in the normal books because they weren't just like page turners. They were like you created your own story and everything. Um, but if you look at that, this is that book, Freeway Fighter, it is so reminiscent of Mad Max. It's just set in that kind of that universe and that world. And. It, uh, I'd heard of Mad Max at that when I was that age, and I'd seen probably bits of it when I was a kid, which I probably shouldn't have. But, you know, and it just kind of felt like I was in a Mad Max. I was like it was my Mad Max kind of story. But anyway, so, yeah, I definitely it's, want to watch it.
2: It's worth the watch. I think if you look at the legacy of Mad Max, I mean, it's such a masculine thing, and it's got had such an influence on cinema. You know, you've got to give it to George Miller for just kind of, I mean, look at, like, video games. Like, do you remember Outlander on the Mega Drive? Yeah. I mean, it was like you were driving this car, you were this guy, and then you got out and you were looking for petrol around a town. And then uh, Neil Marshall made Doomsday. Oh, yeah. And it was just fucking, I love that film. Yeah. I think it's incredible. And the, the Mad Max homage in that is just one of the best things I'd seen in cinema for ages because there's nothing like a Mad Max film where it's just cars with skulls, you know, tapes onto them, chasing each other down the road, and there's nothing more primal for a man than having a, you know, a car with the engine sticking out the bonnet, and you are going at stupid speeds with a gun, and. It, that's what I love. And that's the thing with Fury Road is all my fucking teenage fantasies of ridiculous cars and monsters and mutants was there in 3d on the screen. And I was honest to God, I had a moment and I said this to Zoe after because we couldn't hear each other fucking speak (laughs) to each other. The IMAX is ridiculous because normally in the cinema you can go and have a little whisper, can't you? And IMAX was going, Oh, this is fucking brilliant. And she's going, what? (laughs) But I had a little moment where I was thinking, it's 2015, what am I doing in a 3D IMAX cinema watching a Mad Max movie? How is this shit still relevant? It's ridiculous, but there is a great car which Immortan Joe drives, and I think it's three Cadillacs which have been fused together with monster truck tyres. It's worth watching the film for that. Mm -hmm. Wow. (laughs) It's
1: It's, it's insane talking about you mentioned video games that oh, there's a trailer for the new mad max game which comes out in september and holy shit that looks mm, amazing it does look good
0: it does look good though. it's
1: by um avalanche who did the just cause games i mean they're kind of like open world madness and if this is anything to go by as well but they've kind of infused that mad max you know that kind of something special about it it looks superb um yeah i can't wait for that so and that's going to be like uh current gen only it's like kind of the the, the moving away from the i know it's sad to say because obviously you still got the 360 ramrod but you know they are moving away from those consoles which means they can actually concentrate on the sort of the newer ones and you know get the most potential out of those ga- you know consoles and everything so yeah excited for that mm-hmm. so, i'm
2: gonna be left behind again aren't i <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell ever god i quite like being behind the curve and i'm like i don't know what this wi-fi thing is i don't care i'm a man and all this but then obviously i have to buy it in the end because i can't have any enjoyment out of technology (laughs) it's ridiculous no we've i'm glad that ended peacefully dave
0: the thing yes it's good we can we can (laughs) we can disagree but we can agree to disagree that's always the way
2: i thought i was gonna have to come and beat you up or something if you start
0: No, it went well. That's good. Oh, Mad Max is done. Phew, I was, yeah. I was worried about that. Let's that. Get that. I do. I'll just nip in with a quick film, if you don't mind, mate, though, because it does follow on from that, because I've just sort of poo-pooed a film that was like all action, loads of explosions, lots of car chases, and I watched a film last night that was all action loads of explosions and lots of, of car chases. Oh, this yeah. oh, this takes me back to the cheeseburger, mate. This, this cheeseburger's got just the right ingredients that Fury Road <laughs> didn't. Your mum's a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Fast and Furious 7 and I Ooh. loved it I absolutely loved it. Now I've watched them all from one all the way through and there hasn't been one that I've disliked. I do like the franchise. Um even the you know uh, what's it third one Tokyo Drift that a lot of people seem to poo poo about I love that one as well. Um but I mean I think all fans of the franchise will agree that from number 5 it just went into a totally different Ridiculous direction, really over the top. Um, Amazing, those. You know, you've got things that go in with five with the tank and like six with the the scene with the plane. I'll say no more, in case you haven't watched it. And. to take six in this example and people have said online oh well we've timed it the speed the plane was going and how long it was before it took off so the the runway would have to be like so many miles wide it's not real life all right it's not mm. real life take from it what you will just enjoy it if you want to enjoy it or not if you don't want to enjoy it seven carries on in the same vein as five and six with just over the top stuff um of course i mean the some of the box office could be attributed a little bit to the morbid curiosity that Paul Walker sadly died during production of it. And people will watch, and I myself, I hold my hand up, I was watching it with one eye going, is that him? Is that his, one of his brothers that's doing it? Is it a bit of CGI replacement? And there's a few scenes where it's obvious, the way that they filmed it, he would have normally been in shot and he wasn't. And there was scenes where they filmed like half a scene, and you can tell where obviously it was the second part of the scene was filmed after the accident and there was all replacements. A couple of times it's noticeable, but you can forgive them for the way that they've done it, and it's all right the way that they've done it. Um, I do want to say the way, uh, and again there's going to be no spoilers, the way that they've written his character out of the series was perfect for me it was absolutely perfect and i hold my hand up to whoever was responsible for writing that i think it it sent him off in such like a heartfelt and and tasteful way that i I watched it and it was like holy shit that's they couldn't have done it any better in my opinion it was really really good um and it was like it's not a car crash
2: is it it's nothing (laughs) you you know what
0: now i never thought of this (laughs) I, I I honestly didn't think of this. Um, oh no, I can't say it because it probably give a spoiler. <laughs> Don't away. give me a bloody spoiler! I'm going to watch it. I'm not, no, not going to give you a spoiler, but no, they wouldn't do anything like that. The way that they do it is is really superb. But the stuff that goes on before it, I mean, come on, when you've got like Jason Jason Statham <laughs> fighting Vin Diesel and you've got and The Rock and. There's Kurt Russell in it for fuck's sake! Come on, there's Kurt Russell in it. How how much Kurt Russell are we getting in this? Because I've seen
2: him in it, and I'm like, holy shit, Kurt Russell's in it.
0: Yeah, you get you. I think you probably get more Kurt Russell than you do The Rock in it. Does
2: he have to fight The Rock or Jason Statham or anything like that? He
0: does have an action scene. I'm saying he has an action scene. Yeah.
2: Holy shit!
0: Yeah, and it was like fists in the air. Fuck yes, it's Kurt Russell. Oh again. yes, um, Jack one thing, Burton's back. Tina did get a bit disturbed at one point because she said, "He's he's got a scraggy neck," what? It, and she said, "It's Kurt Russell, and he's it's got a, a scraggy." Ne- I know but... you've got a
1: scraggy neck. <laughs> no.
2: he's got a scraggy balls. Chris, <laughs> let me tell you
1: that.
0: <laughs> Scraggy isn't the word. But she said, she said Scraggy. She said scraggy balls. <laughs> What's a scraggy? If mean? you if you don't stop this scraggy ball talk, I'm putting the video camera back on, mate, and I'll get oh, them out God. for you. That's I'll it.
2: fuck I want to see the scragginess of your fucking <laughs> fucking balls, mate. Of my scrotum. The scragginess of the scrotum. <laughs> scraggy. What the fuck does scraggy mean? I, I know, know what I know what it's referring to. It's kind of a word that's like icky or yucky. <laughs> wrinkly, like you know, hanging old
0: balls. <laughs> Is that what it means? You can cup them and find out for yourself if you want. Fucking hell. Hey, listen to him, Chris. Just to see. Come and cup my balls. Yeah, come and do it. There's still <laughs> You're some... practically related to There's me. There's still some firmness in there, trust me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, sure there is. <laughs> anyway, you'll be glad to hear Kurt Russell does not get his scraggy balls in this film, <laughs> Got it, mate. but he does have an action scene. But yeah, I loved it, and it just goes to show, though, doesn't it? Say, so Fury Road, yeah, I'm not too bothered by watching it again. Fast and Furious 7, loads of similarities, can't wait to watch it again. Mm. Yeah.
2: That's that's quite that's quite cool though because I had no illusions that Fast and Furious Seven was going to be anything less than the previous two sequels because how do you fucking you know get that wrong? Yeah. I was more worried about James Wan being used as an action director because after watching Insidious Two, I think he needed his head putting on the block. Yeah. How the fuck they pulled it? How did they select James Wan to direct the sequel? He does a
0: bloody good job, though, mate. He really does. And it does carry on in a very similar vein. Uh, He directs action very well. There's not a lot of this. Um, You know, some action films, and you've got no idea what's going on because it's cut too quick and the camera's constantly moving. And there is a lot of, you know, there's a lot of kinetic movement all the shots that's going on. But you're never lost for like, oh, whoa, what the fuck happened there? So yeah, it's interesting. It is good. It's worth going. I'll just blast through some other movies, mate, and then you can go on with yours um, because I know you you'll have a few things to say about the ones that I'm going to bring up. Uh, I'll just touch on this one very briefly. I think it was the first film that we watched uh, um, after we recorded the last entertainment show, uh, Exodus by Ridley Scott. Mm. Now it's not often these days you get to watch a biblical epic, um, and I think like Noah was the previous one, which was absolute bag of shite. It was absolutely <laughs> fucking awful. Um this, I mean it's all you need to say is directed by Ridley Scott. That man is is a god of filmmaking. The day that there's no Ridley Scott on this oh, earth.
2: Don't even mention that because I can't have uh,
0: it. Will be a very bad day for cinema because his films are just... It's, they're just gold. What he yeah. puts on screen in front of you cannot Jane? really be...
1: Di Jane? No, Fucking I'm...
2: brilliant, mate! <laughs>
1: it's
2: been a few years since... Viggo Mortensen's Tash is enough to watch that there film you go. There you oh, go. Fair enough. Okay.
0: <laughs> but I will say it's worth watching. If you're into your biblical epics, and if you saw Noah, forget all about that. Watch Exodus, because that's well worth watching. Um, one film that really surprised me, because it was one that I did watch the trailer for um, because I'd got no interest in seeing it so films like that I'll watch the trailer for and even after watching the trailer I'd really got no interest in watching it but we happened to watch it the other night and again, I thought it was incredible, it's a buyer, it's straight on you got to get this one um, Kingsman Hooray. Wh- which I'd somehow tucked away in the corner of my mind as being sort of a crappy, tweeny, actiony movie. Um, How wrong I was. I mean, Ramrod, you described it to me when I I said to you after I'd watched it. And it's a perfect explanation of it, I think. It's a James Bond film directed by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, follow me. That's all you need to say if you're going to sell it. It could have so easily been a watered-down, movie and you could see how they could have filmed it like that but thank god that the filmmakers and the production studio had the balls to go tell you what we're going to put more action into this we're going to put some blood into it we're going to put some swearing into it and let's bump the rating up i oh, I, oh my god i am so glad they did and here's how about this then mate chris you, mm. i take it you haven't seen it I haven't, but I've I heard really good things. And it's the team that did Kick-Ass
1: as well, isn't it? Oh, you know, yeah. Jane Goldman, Matthew Vaughn. I love Layer Cake. Uh, Kick-Ass is great as well. X-Men First Class. haven't seen Stardust, but I have got it. But I've heard good things about that well, as well. This, so.
0: if I said to you that one of the best action scenes you're going to see this year will involve <laughs> Colin Firth in the middle of it, <laughs> fighting off a load of crazed people in the middle of a church, you would think I was crazy. But when you see that scene, you're gonna go, "Holy shit! It's amazing! It really—it's a great film. It's got the action's good, the story's good, the fighting's good. Um, it's got a, a slight kind of not cartoony feel to the action. You can tell that the blood is CG, of course, and there's you know there's people getting split in half and heads chopped off and all sorts of weird shit going on. Um, it's ju- it's a fun, enjoyable action film." And highly recommended.
1: Uh, it's so, got Mark, Mark Hamill in it as well. Yeah, mm. Mark Hamill.
2: I was just about to say, it's got Luke Skywalker in it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, tell you what, I mean, look, as I, I saw a report, I was, um, in fact, I think I might have been sitting on your toilet reading Empire
0: Magazine. <laughs> 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 I was. Uh, I
2: tweeted a picture on that toilet the other day. <laughs> <laughs> we might as well have slept together, Chris, if that <laughs> happened. Jesus. I tell you what.
1: But... Um, And their decision to sort of like do what they've done, you know, make it that sort of like um, harder edge movie and to, you know, not patronise audiences and stuff like that. It's paying dividends because, I mean, looking at this, I think it's about 80 million, the, the... budget and it's worldwide according to box office mojo grossed 403 million worldwide oh, which good, good. you know it's a fair play to them good on them and i'm glad it's paid off because i do want to watch this because yeah. it looks good yeah. and colin firth as well i mean he's you know he's <laughs> oh you know you can't underestimate the man he's just you know he's got a stiff british upper lip and all that sort of stuff and uh but you know he's great in the king's speech as well I must admit i do like him but yeah. Uh, I do want to watch him in this kicking ass, you know, and
0: sort of... Um... Well, there were so many um, really subtle and some maybe not so subtle references to past James Bond films that it, that could be a drinking game within itself. Just take a drink whenever you, you notice a Bond reference. Uh, some of the, And some of the lines in it are just hilarious. It's a really good, it's one of my favourite films of the year so far. Oh, wicked. Yeah.
1: And and Sam Jackson as well. Apparently, he's pretty good in it. He? he does. He plays.
0: I mean, obviously, Sam Jackson has been derided a few times for playing Sam Jackson. Um, but he gets away from it because he talks with a lisp in it. <laughs> so that, this is his character because he has a lisp. But it is. It's it's all played with tongue in cheek, you know, and it's slightly yeah. over the top. And, and all the better for it, for playing it like that. Oh, um, I'm going to give you. I've got two more. i both. Two more recommendations, mate, if you haven't seen them. Um, the first one is... I'm not sure I would pronounce it Ex Machina. Or you could pronounce it Ex Machina. Or Ex Machina, I Machina. think, is Yeah. It? yeah. Um, I mean, to start off with, written by Alex Garland. Say no more. If he's written it, you should watch it anyway. And it's, yeah. his, it's his directorial debut as well. Nice. Uh, and it's about, it's about this young programmer, this coding wizard, who thinks he's won a competition to go to this out-of-the-way... Um, House where the boss of his company lives, and he goes there, and he's he has he's taking part in this Turing test, which is a test where to test if um, computer AI can pass as human. So this he's made this robot um, called Ava, and it's his job to see well can she pass? Can her AI pass for being human? obviously twists and turns happen things get a little bit dark you start to mistrust different people beautiful beautiful film well shot looks great if this is um how alex garland's films are going to you know look and be as a director i hope you know i'm looking forward to more from him um the story obviously really good um yeah it's just without again without giving spoilers away watch it it's it's i would recommend it i would definitely recommend it Uh, And the final one, another recommendation, and this is one that Ramrod put me on too. Now, I know, Ramrod, you'd seen about 40 minutes of it before I went round to yours the other night and we sat and we watched it all together. This is one of those hidden gems of a film. It's one that I'd never heard of. It was released in 2009. Why this film is not a huge hit, I have got no idea whatsoever. If you're listening to this now, Go out and seek it immediately. It's called Middlemen. Um, it's got Luke Wilson in it. It's, the, I mean, the star. I mean, Ramrod, chip in with this because we just had a blast watching it.
2: Yeah, it was ace.
0: The star of it. Who? Who's the, Actually, I'll put it before I say my star of it. Who's the star of the film for you, then? Well, I would say the writer and director, obviously,
2: but I'll come on to that. But yeah. it's
0: got to be Giovanni Ribisi <laughs> quite easily. Easily. He's great. He is absolutely fantastic in it. I mean, Ramrod, you over to you mate. You, you tell the people a story about it.
2: Well, I I came across this film a while ago, Middleman, and it's um only since uh, reviewing Midnight Run recently for the uh for the website that I looked into George Gallo's career cuz I mean, there's a great interview on the Midnight Run Blu-ray. Um with George Gallo the writer and um he's such a fucking great old school John Milius type that I was like oh shit what else has he done then because midnight run is just one of the funniest most brilliant action films and anyway i came across middlemen so i thought well, I'll give it a go because it's the story of the guys that indirectly created internet porn as we know it now but it's told in a sort of Martin Scorsese, Goodfellas, Wolf of Wall Street sort of way. Now, you sell that to me any day. Uh, if you say it's like a Scorsese film, fuck me, I've got to see it. And it's, it's um, Luke Wilson's kind of like a business mogul. He's like, a, what is he like? He sort of like, he helps you out if you've got a problem. Yeah. He's got a good he business is, mind. He is the, the title Track. He's the middleman. Yeah, he? he's the middleman. Mm-hmm. And Giovanni Ribisi and I can't remember the other actor's name, but they're two like dickheads living on cocaine in LA. That one used to work for NASA. One used to be a vet, and they're kind of bouncing ideas off each other cocaine fuel nights. And they kind of come up with this um, code to punch your credit card details into your computer at the birth of the internet. And he says, "We're going to stick some titty pictures online, and people will pay ten quid." A a a month to subscribe to it. And he's like, what a fucking stupid idea. He goes, don't tell me it's a stupid idea. And this is their dynamic. They're like with Null and I, with a great idea to make internet porn. And it's basically that story of them and luke wilson kind of gets called in by james can and let's just say the cameos in this film are excellent oh, incredible because you've got james can you've got john Aston, who was marvin in midnight run terry cruz is in it yeah um kelsey grammer uh, kelsey grammer pops up towards yeah. the end graham mctavish <laughs> isn't it even mctavish <laughs> oh, is in isn't it? it robert Forster's is in it it's robert like, forrest oh. has got a cameo i mean you can tell george gallo has gone This is going to be his masterpiece. But unfortunately, George Gallo isn't Martin Scorsese. But to a movie buff, George Gallo now, after seeing Midnight Run, is like, holy shit, I want to see this movie. But it's such a great film and a great story, which needed to be told. It's like the social network needed to be told. It's like, how did Facebook come about? Because some lad got his heart broken one day. How did internet porn come about? Because there was just nothing to wank off to on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) And that's literally the story. And it's it's so well made. He's got tinges of Oliver Stone to the way he directs. Uh, he's quite choppy and he throws in stock footage. And uh, um, the characters are really brilliantly done. And Giovanni
0: Ribisi is so maniacal oh, in it. Oh, my God. It's... Just watching him, we were in stitches, weren't we? his character he's excellent. because he's so he's like coked off his tits all the way through it, and he's so wound off and so paranoid about everything that's going on all the time and doesn't trust anybody yeah, yeah it's it's strange that it's it's, it's because
2: there's no any Luke Wilson's great actor, I love him in like the Royal Tenenbaums and stuff mm-hmm. like that. He's really good, but because he's not huge enough. And like the the subject matter, strangely isn't huge enough for this film to be successful. It's just trickled out onto DVD. It's excellent if you like the one for Wall Street. Watch Middlemen. Yeah. It's not the one for Wall Street. Don't get me wrong. I mean that is the, the holy grail of movies. But it's got that vibe to it. That voiceover narration. It starts. At the end of the movie, where things are quite bad and the Russian mafia are involved, it's a true story about how we wank off every night, guys. Let's be honest, <laughs> we're all doing it. We're all you're all going to listen to this show, I and then you go. It. Yeah, you're gonna go onto Pornhub <laughs> or Xvid, and you're gonna watch some some a choo choo train of a dildo come out of some girl's ass, up another girl's ass. Some, there's stuff like that out there, apparently. Mm. So, yeah, get this middleman. It, it, you can pick it up for like a couple of quid on Amazon
1: or in your local CEX. It's a great
0: movie. Yeah. Essential viewing, mate. Essential. Oh, that
1: yeah. sounds awesome. he yeah. has got, uh, looking at the filmography as well, um, Martin Cove from Yeah. Ian and Lacey. Uh, he is one for, for the sort of like the soft core. Shannon Worry. She's in it. Hell pal-
0: yeah. It's go. good. It's, yeah. Essential purchase, mate, guys. Nice. And that's yeah. it. That's my, that's my film's done, mate. Ramrod, you got anything, any more you want to add? Do
2: you know what, right? I want to talk a little bit about a film probably nobody else has seen yet. Um, it. It's Maggie. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger's new movie. Now, when Arnold Schwarzenegger brings a film out, a billion people, mostly men around the world, stand to attention, don't they? And they go, holy shit, it's a new Schwarzenegger film. Now, on the strength of Sabotage, which I think is the best film he's done since Predator i was really looking forward to maggie now maggie is if for anybody that doesn't know it's the tale of a man in sometime in the near future in a world where a virus has taken over humanity and they're dealing with it very well but when people get afflicted by this virus which is a zombie virus it does reanimate you when you die they get sent to a quarantine and they're they're dispatched it's being coped with this zombie virus but alan Schwarzenegger plays this guy who's he's married uh, and he's got a daughter who is i can't remember the actress's name but she was the girl in little miss sunshine anyway yeah. she's she's like in, in her older teens now and um she unfortunately gets afflicted by this virus she gets bitten by a zombie that's the bottom line it's a mm. fucking zombie film she gets bitten by a zombie and she goes to the hospital and they say right this is going to take hold of her. There's nothing you can do to stop it. But he's got a friend in the hospital and he basically says to him, listen, you can take her to quarantine now or you can take her home and have these last two weeks with her or you can do the kind thing and blow her fucking brains out, literally. And the whole film centres around him dealing with the fact that he's going to lose his his eldest daughter to this, whether he likes it or not. There's no reversal. And in terms of heartbreaking performances, you will not see one like this. And it's... I mean, Schwarzenegger is a great actor. You know, he is who he is, and he's Arnie. But when he's given some weight to a role, which he doesn't really get often, fuck me, does he deliver in this. I mean, I was struggling in some scenes, and it's very... It's very difficult to watch. My only problem with Maggie is, and I don't want to give any spoilers away, obviously, but it might as well be a film about a girl with just any terminal illness. Why it's got to have this zombie thing tagged onto it did feel a little bit cheap, and I felt a bit cheated. Because let's be honest, when Arnie is faced with a couple of zombies, do you expect him to cry and have a hard time smashing somebody's head in? No. You want him to go, come on then, zombie. Come and fuck (laughs) with me. And all this. And we couldn't help when we were watching it but kind of throw these stupid one-liners out because you're half expecting expected him to do it and it's a bit odd to try and take him seriously in a role like this because it did feel like The Fault in Our Stars with Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. <laughs> um it's a real odd film. Um I didn't dislike it. I just disliked what it how it made me feel. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Um, He, you know, I think if there was a a, a, like a say if you watched it with your daughter, for instance, it would resonate totally in a different way with you because, you know, I've got no kids and I can't imagine how, you know, devastating losing one of your children would be. But he does convey it really, really well in it. He's fantastic in it, Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it's a zombie movie. So you expect to see some zombie action. Mm, not much it's an odd one it's a very odd one but it's kind of i think it's independently made how the hell you got schwarzenegger cast in it is beyond me i don't know the history of this but it's a real odd film in his canon and there aren't many schwarzenegger films that he's had you know across his career which are like this he will never make another one like this it's a real little anomaly of a film but it's worth watching for his performance but that's about it that's the only thing with Maggie. So we were a bit bummed out because we were hoping Maggie was going to be this great emotional, you know, zombie movie, and it was going to be incredible. But I, I do feel I've been so spoiled by The Walking Dead. Um, when I'm watching zombies now, I expect a little bit more from his zombie movies. Um, so that's yeah. So there was no one liners where well. he says zombies are going to eat my brain. There was none of that. I, uh, you know it was i was weird man but watch maggie if you get a chance to watch maggie i wouldn't go to the cinema to watch it save your pennies for something big and sexy in imax Mm -hmm. because you won't come out of it going (gasps) you know it did make me feel like i was you know listening
1: to a really bad cure song (laughs) (laughs) you know it sounds intriguing i mean um that definitely i mean like you said i think it's About his performance, isn't it? That's what I'm hearing from other people as well and stuff. Um, That girl, um, Abigail Breslin, think her name is. She was the girl. Um, Zombieland as well.
2: Yes, there you go.
1: Yeah. Which I love that. I love Zombieland.
2: See if you compare it to Zombieland, right? And I got quite emotional. You know when Woody Harrelson's character is talking about losing his dog, but it's not his son. And it was quite. It was quite. Oh, it was hard work that. But this is like. You know, a hundred minutes of that. You know this girl isn't going to get better. You know, there's no spoilers here. She is doomed from the first two minutes of the movie. And it's him dealing with it all the way through. But I just can't... Oh, I know it's weird, but I just wish it wasn't a zombie movie. I would have bought a lot more into it if it wasn't this weird zombie affliction and there are some lovely moments in it where you know she gets to see her friends and they have kind of their last weekend together and they know they're not going to see her again and it was really well done but it's a zombie film so you're just waiting for her to zombie out and attack Arnie and go go fucking eat my brain you know and all this but... I don't know. I'm so, oh. I am I was so indifferent about it. It really annoyed me. I wanted to love it, but I didn't. I would not. Like Fury Road for you, Dave. I don't think I'd ever watch it again. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame.
0: Oh, it is. Yeah.
2: You will watch Fury Road again, though, Dave. <laughs> give me, give me time.
0: Give me time, and we will. We'll, You'll we'll, be tied to a chair. I know, that's it. I'll be forced <laughs> to do it. I think what you need to do, Ramrod, as well, because you teased on it, you just need to briefly elaborate on um, when you were talking about your chat with Scott Atkins and you hinted <laughs> at a well known martial arts um film star and his thank you disillusionment with him if you want to elaborate onto that which will then lead into a bit more film chat with obviously from yourself and Chris as well
2: okay mm-hmm. okay so so recently obviously Chris you've had black eagle
0: mm-hmm.
2: and i've had a wall and yes. i've been a bit meh with Jean Claude Van Damme since I spoke to my good friend Scott Atkins about him. I've been a bit meh, not bothered about him. Now I do love Jean Claude Van Damme. Right, let's get it out there. He's great, you know. He I grew up with him, kickboxer, blood sport. And then my favourite Van Damme movie was Hard Target. It is fucking awesome. <laughs> But when I spoke to my uh, Scotty, I just call him Scotty, really, because we're good friends. (laughs) (laughs) And me and Scotty spoke about movies and such, and I spoke about a film he did with Jean-Claude Van Damme, another Isaac Florentine movie, which is a great movie called The Shepherd, Border Patrol. Now, Jean-Claude Van Damme is the lead in that, and at the end, him and Scott Adkins have a fight, right? Now, that is, you know, wankable in my book. Scott Adkins and JCVD getting it on and having a fight. So I said to him, what was it like when you had to fight uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme and the Shepherd. He, he was kind of like sat back in his chair and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a good experience. It was a good fight." And I said, "Oh, what about Universal Soldier: Regeneration? Because they again have a fight in that. Van Damme and him square up." And he said, Do "You know what?" And he kind of leant into me and he said, Do "You know why he had all that makeup on? Now, for anybody that's not seeing Universal Soldier: Regeneration, when they have this fight, Van Damme's face is painted white across the top because he's bald in it." and black across the bottom it's like his war paint he said do you know why they painted his face like that i said well no no i thought he was just he's mad or something no because it wasn't him it wasn't him i didn't really i didn't fight him no, i said no. i said what do you mean you didn't fight him he says no he says uh, he didn't want to do any of the fights and he was so pissed off because obviously he has a lot of you know regard for his talents and what he's done for martial arts films and he said no he doesn't do anything anymore his stunt double does most of his fights for him and i went but he did that tv show where he was crying and having a nervous breakdown about how he wanted to get back into fight movies and he still got it He still got it he said no no he hasn't he doesn't not he's not interested and i went holy fucking shit <laughs> So the cause commercials are about as good as it's gonna get for him these days then. That's oh. so he doesn't fight anymore. So I was I was quite shocked by that and he said he's his ego has got the better of him sort of thing and that's he's he's just turns up now because he's the name on the movie. Which was quite shocking. And then obviously we went the other night and we watched A Wall. Um which as I recall having it on X rent on Guild Home Video back in the day was one of my favourite Van Damme movies. But I hadn't watched it for twenty odd years and when we put it on the other night, I didn't like it. I feel so ashamed. It was fucking fucking weak as
1: fuck. I cry. I always cry when I watch that. (laughs) (laughs) I do. It's like, you know, Paige Harrison, he's sort of like... And spoilers, I mean, like you said, this is a film, what, 25 years old? Oh, yeah. Whatever. You know, and he's sort of like, you know, he he puts his money on the other guy and it's like then he changes his mind and he's getting the shit beaten out of him and he's like, you know, and then he goes wrong bet and everything and it's then then he's like he, he's running home to the little girl at the end and he's like oh my god you know don't you oh do you like oh. it then do you chris <laughs> <laughs> it's me it's one of those films and maybe it's yeah. because i've seen it when i was younger a, a lot you know and it it probably if i'd seen it like years afterwards after the fact i'd probably think oh this isn't very good or whatever but it is it's one of my favorites because i probably because I grew up with it, you know, and I think there are certain films that you grow up with that you probably, if you did put a sensible head on, you think, "Well, this is a bit shit. But I've got a really kind of um, soft spot for it. But, yeah, I I mean, I was going to talk about Van Damme. I mean, to be fair, I I have heard a lot of that, that he does do very little in movies these days. To be fair, I don't really pay much attention to what he does these days. I mean, probably since the late 90s, to be honest with you. I mean, there was a Universal Soldier that he did, which... Um, I, I thought was pretty good and it was I think from what I understand a bit of a return to form in as much as because he did those sequels didn't he do one with that fucking wrestler Goldberg yeah the, uh, the
2: Universal Soldier The Return that was called and yeah. then he
1: did Regeneration which was fucking incredible is that the one where at the, the start he's kind of oh no I'm thinking of I oh don't know I'm getting mixed up with between that and Jake uh, Jean, was it JCVD, right? Where he does like there's a, a bit at the start, it's kind of like one shot take where he's fighting this, yeah, it. that's JCVD, yeah. right? Okay, but then the the, the Universal Soldier is because that has a little cameo from Dolph Lundgren in it as well. I mean, he might come out cameo in others, but um, and, and that's got some pretty good action in it as well, from what I understand. But yeah, I, I mean, I was, yeah, so I don't really pay much attention to him these days, from honest with you. I mean, I, the the latest cause is it cause what the, the fucking beer? What's, what's the one he does? Oh yeah, when he's he's like in the igloo he's dancing, and all that, and he's not dancing. dancing. That's painful to watch. I hate That's, that shit. It's, oh, I mean, he, he's when he started when he first did it, and he's kind of like he's out in the you know in the mountain, in the snow. I thought, oh, this is quite good. He's a bit of a parody and everything else. He's got the hair a bit like um, an old man, like Chance Budrow. You know, he sort of like looks a bit like that. But yeah. now it, when he's doing that dancing, I'm just thinking, what are you doing? I mean. You know, but I mean, he's obviously gone off his tits in real life on coke and stuff like that, and had loads of problems. But allegedly, I think, but I think he's pretty open about that. But I was going to talk more about sort of like what your favourites or what you generally think of him. Because um, growing up, I mean, he was one of my favourite actors. I mean, look, I just ate up all of the films that he put out. You know, on VHS and everything. Cyborg, generally regarded as a bit not a a brilliant. Um, Van Damme movie, but I love it. Again, it's one of those. I will watch it if it's on. It doesn't care, you know. I'll just sit and watch it, you know. Or I'll I'll put stick it on every now and then. And um, it's uh, it's probably one of his darker movies, to be honest. I mean, you know, in terms, it's got some great action in it. But it's it, uh, Bloodsport is quite possibly my favourite. Um, I remember watching that with my nan when I was
2: with oh. your nan,
1: yeah. <laughs> Well, lovely. my nan was fucking awesome. We watched Predator together, Robocop. Oh, love you, nan. Beetlejuice, um, Blue Jean Cop, Escape to Victory, uh, Bloodsport, Kickboxer, AWOL. We watched all these movies together. Rambo first, Blood Part 2. we just sit and watch them all together. I mean, I was probably about 9 or 10, you know, Oh, I love it. Um, love that. But, um, yeah, so, I, I mean, I watched Kickboxer this year and because it wasn't one of my favorite van Damme movies but i've i've actually really like other uh, fighting in that he's off you know off the charts um awol love and and then he started doing like you know double impact which he hasn't got that much as much action in as i remember but uh double impact universal soldier it was like a massive star at one point they said hard target time cop i think time cop's great um and sudden death again but then he started to like you said kind of big be- not he wasn't as bankable and he went down the pan a little bit he's had a bit of a resurgence but i think generally speaking i mean he's kind of he is on the, the tail end of his career but saying that he's apparently going to be the the master in the new kickboxer pick film which i'm not sure how i feel about that mm. i don't know because i know jackie chan was the mr miyagi in karate kid but i thought he was fucking excellent in that he was like really he really uh performed in that film um but I'm not too sure about Van Damme being the, the master in the new kickboxer film. Um, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I I just thought because we, we generally have a little bit of a loving every now and then, don't we, about um, certain actors and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. and because because I watched Black Eagle, I thought, well, let's have a little chat about Van Dam. But yeah, Dave Batista's going to be Tong Po. Get that <laughs> the, the, the new kickboxer movie. Really? I don't know how I, know how I feel about that either. He's it's a like, fucking wrestler, for God's yeah. sake. Tong Po is a beast. In Kickboxer, I like the original. I'm not too sure about that, but anyway. you
2: got to think, though, it's, it's ka-ching, isn't it? I mean, Batista's he's going to be the new fucking muscle inspector, isn't he? So he's bankable. And this Kickboxer movie, it's is, is it going to get a cinema release over here? I highly doubt it. It's mm. not one of those movies. I mean, I think Tony Jaa was supposed to be in it. He's pulled out. You know, even Scott Adkins said himself, I said about the Kickboxer movies, like poo-pooed it. He's was like, waste time. You know... I don't know with Van Dam because he he made some real weird fucking movies, didn't he? At the back end of his career, if you, I mean, every man when I was a boy, every boy and man back in them days who hadn't seen No Retreat, No Surrender, Bloodsport, and Kickboxer, yeah. you weren't a man. You weren't a man because even I mean even before. Seagal and all this, you know, Van Damme was he had the look, he's the physique, the technique. Let's uh, let's be honest here, his his trademark move is that is that inside out sort of rainbow kick Spin-kick, thing that he does. Yeah, yeah and you know splits. the splits yeah. and all that and he you know, he was he was pushing it forward, wasn't he? You know, and martial arts movies have had a sort of weird ride, like horror movies, they've been up and down and up and down. But Back in those days, there was nobody better. There was nobody outside of Jackie Chan that did what he did, you know. And for, for a guy, you know, a European guy as well, it was brilliant. But, I mean, he's, after hard targeting stuff, I mean, have you ever seen that film In Hell, that Ringo Lam movie he did where he's yeah. in prison? Now, fucking hell, you want a dark movie. That I mean, Ringo Lam is like one of the best martial arts directors in Hong Kong cinema history, you know, he's made some amazing films, like The Blade and stuff like that are amazing, but this film is so depressing and bleak, and there's bumming in it, and oh god, have you ever seen it, Dave, in Hell? No, I'm sure I haven't seen that one. Oh my god, if you want a a weird Van Damme movie, get that, because it's almost like some weird manga cartoon, you know, like the story of Ricky? Yeah. But without the cartoon fun, it's like the most depressing, horrible, grim, muddy, violent film ever. It's really <laughs> weird. And then he did like all that shit like... Um, how many twins movies did he do where oh, he's got a fucking twin? Um... <laughs> you know, it's ridiculous. And then he did this one, I think it's called... Um, until Death, or Wake of Death, one of these directed DVD ones, where he's a fucking heroin-addicted cop in it. He's shooting up in his car. You know, I was thinking, what is he doing? And then that TV show came out and explained everything. He's had a mental breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> he really doesn't understand why he's not, you know, up there in the big action movies anymore. And that t- if you've never seen that TV show, I think, what was it called, that TV show, Dave? Oh. You watched it. It was on ITV4, and I know you can get it on um, DVD now, but if you want to see a real, like, fucking breakdown of somebody that really doesn't understand what happened to his career, he literally cries, he punches the air with frustration that why he's not top billing anymore. It's fascinating to watch. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really... Because he's his his wife and his kids. It's almost like the Osbournes, but it's not set up. Oh,
0: no, it's essential viewing, again, that, that series. Yeah, is,
2: man. Yeah. Well, if you Google it and you'll find the TV show he was in, but... Uh he goes back home and you see his parents in brussels and you know he's a hero in his home country and he's a hero around the world but when he's at home with his family his wife is made of stone this woman but he is so fragile mentally that he, he he's crying and it's that scene there's a scene in it where he's literally punching the air with frustration as he's crying when he doesn't understand why he's not where he used to be and he says i know i fucked my life up i took a lot of cocaine i fucked a lot of women i fucked it up give me another chance and he's literally begging to this camera crew and it's fascinating to watch wow. you know so and since he, that since then obviously he's gone on and he's become van damme again hasn't he
1: yeah uh, so that obviously scene he does in uh, jcvd i mean that that that's you can see where that was coming from. You know oh, yeah. that sort of like where he floats off into the sky and he mm-hmm. just does this monologue, you know, and he cries. into I mean that that's pretty hardcore, you know. Yeah, but, that uh, film
2: in, that film in itself says you know a lot about the man, and it's a shame you know that he doesn't do the fight. Well, he's getting on; he's fifty, and you know what not. But there's not many action stars that would make a, a balls out honest film about themselves like that because. That is a it's a fucking great movie that is and I know it got really well reviewed and everybody loved it when it came out but if you ask a lot of action movie fans they probably would not have seen that film mm. because I think he throws one kick in the entire film but it's the best kick I think he's ever thrown in his career <laughs> because it's so poignant in the film. Yeah.
0: Have, have we got any more film talk? I don't think I have. No. But nothing else. I've got I've got a couple of games, but before we go into games, this one quick TV thing I want to mention. If nobody's seen it yet, um, I don't know if either of you two have actually. And I've seen, oh, let me think, three episodes. I think four, maybe five, have been aired. So we've been recording all of them. Um, little half-hour comedy show. Peter K. Car Share. The return of Peter K. to the TV. Now I like Peter K. Um, the fact his humour. He's, he's not far from me. He's, like, he's from Bolton, lad, isn't he? He's a Bolton lad. And his humour is very observational. And if on the face of it, if you think, OK, so like a series, six half-hour shows, which 99% is two people sat in a car as they drive back and two to work, you think, fucking hell, that's going to be a bit hard viewing and you're going to get bored. But I think it's so well written. And the fact, the stuff that he writes you can relate to it all you've you know you've been in these situations or something really similar has happened to you or has been said to you which for me makes it even funnier and i think it's one of those little hidden gems of because i've liked his past tv stuff that he's done anyway um i was hesitant about watching it but i think it's really good and it's one of those where me and tina sit down and we just we love that half hour watching it it's you know a little bit of tv joy have either of you two seen it yet no Uh, No,
1: I'm going to watch it though on the iPlayer. I think it'd be one of those that I'd I'd, uh, enjoy watching with my wife. Definitely, Um, definitely. And I know Ben from the same coin. He's he's constantly going on about it. So if you and him are going on about it, then it sounds like it's it's something I should... I'll be honest with you, I saw the trailer to it and I thought this looks a bit bollocks, to be honest. I, I just looked at it and thought, this looks really lame, you know, but... If you've recommended it, then I'm yeah. definitely going to it stick
0: with it. It gets better because um, I did read online. Episode one did people pan's episode one, and I enjoyed it. But and it has from there just got progressively better and better with each episode. I mean, we've literally belly laughed at some of the stuff that's been going on, and it's not often you watch comedy and you're actually you know laughing out loud. Some you know it'll raise a dry smile or a little giggle maybe, but this we've been like really laughing like mad. So yeah, recommended for the TV. Um, I'll go on the two games, one um, quickly, it's a mobile game, I haven't talked about mobile games for a while. It's available on Android and iOS, um, obviously I've got it on Android, I think it was 60 pence I bought it for, and it's called Motorsport Manager, and it's sort of like a stripped down Formula 1 manager game, there are microtransactions in it, but it's one of those, you don't need to spend a penny, you can play that full game and get the full experience and get full progression. Without spending a penny, you're not hampered. You'd, it's not one of those where you know you've got so many races you can do, and you've got to wait three hours unless you pay. You can play it for as long as you want, and it's you've got two, you've got two drivers, um, and you can pick your drivers. You've got like youth drivers that you can promote through. You've got a whole series um, of races and tiers. So you start off at the bottom tier, obviously, and work your way through races across the world. You buy. Um, different sections for your headquarters that will add either to the aerodynamics or to, or to all sorts of bits of your car. During the race I mean the way that the race happens is good. It's top down uh, and the cars are represented by little dots and you can either watch the, the race sort of in real time or you can fast forward it two different speeds. While the race is happening, you can do things like come into the pits. You can change the tyres because you've got like soft, hard, wet tyres. You've got to watch out for the way the weather's going when the race is going on. I love it because it's one of those. It's like a toilet game. You know, you can do a race while you're having a poo. Love it. <laughs> or which is you know, which is always good. Or maybe two races if you're having a bit of trouble. If you're a bit constipated, you could have like two or three races. <laughs> Um, But I found myself, you know, I can sit there and I found myself, I've been sat there for like half an hour, not on the toilet, you know, just like on the couch playing it and gone through like a load of races. It's that nice balance for me. It's, there's enough things to do in it to keep you interested while not having too many things that you are just sort of overwhelmed with choices and you've got to set up like, you know suspension and torque and all this kind of crap. There's just enough you, that you feel that you're involved and the changes that you do make a difference to the game. The um, best 60 pence i I've spent lately on mobile games, and I don't do that. I think actually, I'm just looking now, I think that's the only game I've got on my mobile. Yeah. So, recommended if you want to spend 60p. If you've got any sort of interest in Formula One, good little time waster. Um, yeah, it's good. It's very What's good. What's it called again? Uh, Motorsport Manager. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it's one of those. You, it's, it's simple little things like being able to name your team and all this kind of stuff. So you can name it whatever you want, and it's it's really good. And you sort of it sounds stupid, but you can you sort of get attached to the drivers that you have. And I had a driver win three races on the trot, and it's, oh yes, come on! You're watching the races, and you do get quite excited because some are really close finishes. And I had one. I like I fucked up the pit stop and made the wrong choice of tyres. I didn't keep my eye on what, how the weather was going to change, and I just missed out on the last lap. And it's, it's really, really good. I'm, I'm really into it. So, yeah, a good 60p well spent, that nice. is. Cool. It's um, on uh, iOS for £1.99. Ooh, well, that's a lot more. I'm positive I spent 60p on Android. Maybe it was on sale that day. I don't know. Mm. But even at one ninety nine, I, I would recommend it. It's two quid, in it? Yeah. Not, not even a sandwich, is it? Let's well, face. that's it. And you're going to get more than two quids worth of enjoyment out of it. You know, I can guarantee that. Um, and the final game I wanna bring up and Chris, I know I've got a question for you as well, I want to talk about this because I know you've played it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact you've got further than me because um it's Wolfenstein the Old Blood. Now yes. I got this. I loved this game. Um one thing I really did like about it, uh, it sounds kinda sick, but it was the sense of satisfaction of getting a headshot. There's a few it's a first person shooter. Um and the, it's it's hard to explain, if you're not a video gamer, that some first-person shooters, they feel good. The guns have sort of a weight to them, and others don't. Now, for me, these guns have a real weight to them, and it just, that, yeah, I I say, that sense of satisfaction of shooting somebody, mm. <laughs> which sounds kind of sick. Now, I did, I think it was the last entertainment episode I was going on about Black Ops 2, and I tried it, and I just totally didn't interest me whatsoever it was it was the video game equivalent of Fury Road for me it was just constant action constant action and nothing else and I got bored of it this I love the story to it I love the way it plays until the same old and this is something I brought up at least twice during these entertainment shows Fucking boss battles! Oh, here we go. (laughs) Because I'm, again, once again, it's like Shadows of Mordor, I think it was, and I think Second Son is the, the other one. Loving the game, totally engrossed in the story, going through, hunting out all different areas, finding all shit, upgrading my weapons. And then, like... I'm near the end I'm sure I'm near the end. I must be For them to lump in this fucking stupid Ridiculous boss battle Why? Why do they do it? And I played it so many times I mean it could be one I haven't touched it for a while now Because I got so annoyed with it It could be one I'll go back to it And maybe I'll do it first time I doubt it But it's just incredibly frustrating So, Well two questions for you Chris Because I know you've completed this One that is the first one is um did you feel the same when you got to that boss battle, and my other question for you is because I haven't played the earlier Wolfenstein game that came out. Is this similar to that one of, you know what's or what's the differences between them because I like this? Would I like the previous one
1: okay, so I'll answer your first question then so is it the big thing that comes out of a pit it is right. <laughs> so yeah um so that that is. The end, essentially. You oh, know, okay. so you're there. You know, all you got to do is get past this fucking huge demon that throws things at you, smashes its hands into the floor, and then you're being attacked by soldiers at the same time. Yeah, and and it takes the piss. I'll be. I I agree. It is a shitty, wanky boss. Um, there's two kind of platforms that you can you you know you can run across if you like, and you do have to learn its attacks, but it's still unpredictable because it's not. It does things at different times. Sometimes it'll smash its fists down, but it'll give you a bit of a, a sort of cue that it's going to do it. Sometimes you have to duck because it'll sort of swipe its hand across the screen. Um, but at the same time, you're being shot by soldiers. Yeah. So it's like, for fuck's sake, give me a break. Now, there is plenty of power and you have to shoot it in the mouth as well. You can't just like shoot it generally because, yeah. like, yeah. you know, so you have to be fairly accurate whilst you're, you're shooting it. It is a twat of a boss. It, it is. And it took me a I don't know about seven goes or something like that and it was frustrating and I just got to a point where I was like oh come on come on come on you can do it and um so yeah I totally agree it is a twat I'm playing it, I played it on medium as well and it, it's the game in general's not easy you put it like that I mean no, medium not, no, no no I mean medium to me generally speaking and I'm not saying it because you know I think I'm amazing at games or anything no, I generally play games on medium um and I never find them particularly tough. You know, it's probably just because it's the standard or whatever. But the thing is as well, with, the great thing about this game is that because it's Wolfenstein, because it's it's got... For me, a mixture of old school and new stuff. The old sort of school of element of it is that the if you remember Doom, when you used to pick the different difficulties, yeah. and it would like hurt me plenty and all this that and the yeah. other. It's it's pretty much like that, you know. It's like I think that the hardest difficulty is like it says hurt me, daddy, which is a bit weird. <laughs> um, but really. really- yeah, I think so. I think so. And then the first, and, and, and the, but then the faces change. Because remember in Doom, it's sort of like you get like this bloody grizzled marine, like with the hardest difficulty and everything. With this, it's like with the hardest difficulty, it is it's like his it, face change, it's all grimacing and everything. The medium difficulty is just a normal face. The easiest difficulty, i put a picture up, is basically him wearing a baby's bonnet and he's got a dummy in his mouth. And it's like, <laughs> you know, so you just think, I can't put it down to so fucking easy because the game's taking the piss out of me, <laughs> you know. So, um, but it, it is a, a, a tough old game. And I think the difficulty sometimes with, with this game, and I totally agree with you about the weapons, it's got some of the best weapons I've ever I've ever played with in a game, but this again it's old school weapons because you can, in in the first game anyway, you can dual wield sniper rifles, you know what fucking game can you do that? You can (laughs) dual wield shotguns, machine guns, pistols the great thing, again, about the game is that because it's kind of like it opens it up to some stealth play, you know, uh, because there are bits where you, you get these kind of like um, commandant soldiers. And it's like, you you know, this, the game isn't shy about calling the Nazis krauts and stuff like that, you know, and it's not politically correct in any way, shape or form. Um, and it, it and it, it portrays the Germans as fucking evil, you know, just absolute evil, like to, comic to a certain degree, but just, you know, vile horrible people, who were there to be killed, and that's that's essentially what it is, you know, you don't feel any sympathy for these Germans whatsoever um, but it, yeah, if you don't take out these uh, commandants that are one drowned, and it gives you a little indication as to where they are, and there's like a little radar and if they see or hear you, or if soldiers see or hear you, they will raise the alarm and then all shit will, you know, will break out, and, and then it's kind of like makes your life a lot difficult but you can go behind people and you can stick knives in them and you can stick pipes in their head and do it all stealthily it's it's such a great feeling game you know it's just feel like you're playing a proper proper game um the first game so this is the, the the old blood it's set into two parts isn't it dave it's sort of like the first part of the game it's uh, you go to Castle Wolfenstein yeah. and you, you're wandering around and it's like then it's escape you know because all shit's kicking off and it's got some interesting characters you know again just some fucked up Germans and and it's but it's kind of got all that sort of um, fantastical element to it because of you've got dogs that have got armor on them and there's like kind of mech suited Germans that actually look like Germans like with the the helmet and everything else it's just crazy but you know brilliant i love his voiceover as well because he's kind of like he talks to himself the main character i think it's bj blaskowitz and um you just he's kind of like he goes off on random tangents talking about stuff like when he was a kid i love all that (laughs) and that but then the second part of the story it's like it's more about um the occult and the the germans like an experiment goes wrong because the germans like we're kind of researching the occult and everything and um it all goes wrong and the German soldiers get turned into zombies and it becomes more like a survival horror game. And it's it's brilliant, you know, just for for, the, for what it is, it's a good five to six hour game and it's about 10 to £12. Pound. Brilliant, brilliant value. Um, the New Order is the sequel to that, if you like. Just to go back, sorry, this feels like before DLC became a dirty word it feels like it's a proper expansion and they're not taking the piss with you either. There's no microtransactions, there's no kind of like pay a little bit here, pay a little bit there, we'll nickel and dime you for money, you know. It feels like you've got this game. And they've released a digital version, which they did like two weeks before the physical copy. And I bought I waited for the physical disc. And it feels like a proper expansion of the game. Mm-hmm. So and that the so the new order it's pretty much Say the same, but more extended. There's, there's more set pieces. Um, there's bits where you're um, essentially so that the, the first that the, the old blood sorry, I'm jumping over the place. The old blood is you getting the plans to assault uh, Death's Head's castle uh, or base. And the Germans are winning the war, uh, and and so this is the final push. Whereas, so this the, the new order is you assaulting that, and um, then. This isn't really a spoiler, but the Germans win the war and then it jumps to 1960 and it's like then the Germans have got advanced technology and you are part of the resistance. But The great thing about that game is that you've got this amazing hub world that you go to, and all the characters feel authentic, but it's what they do with the, the story, and, and it's like the music. and it, So you imagine like the Beach Boys, but they're the German Beach Boys, or the Beatles, but it's the German Beatles, <laughs> and they've actually got sort of like the House of the Rising Sun, but it's actually in German, you know, and it's like you can pick up newspapers and it'll tell you all about different things that have happened and this alternate universe and everything, you know, and and it, it's like, you know, they nuked the USA. It's kind of a bit like iron sky, the game. I get, take it. You've, you guys have seen iron sky.
0: Yes, I've seen it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: It's like that. It's kind of like, that's what it feels like to me. Um, but, it, you know, you could probably get the, the new order for about 15, 20 quid, and I'd highly recommend it. It was one of my favourite games of last year, one of my favourite shooters. Um, just, And this is the thing as well. There's a bit where you go to bed in this hub world. Like after you, it just reminds me of Bioshock as well and, and games like that, you know, just the quality of it. Um, but you can have a dream, but in your dream, you you actually play the original Wolfenstein game. And how fucking cool is that, you know? Um and and it's it's cra- it's crazy and it's mental and it's stupid. Don't get my- but then there's real. I don't want to spoil it too much. But there are bits in it where y- it's almost like I want to say it because it. Uh, but I don't want to spoil it for, <laughs> it for you. But you know, it, it, there's a bit in it where the ga- you know you're thinking, oh, this is great. But then by say chapter eight nine, something happens, and you're you like you sit up in your chair, and it's because like it, you know it it's just like a real game changer in terms of just it's it's like okay we're taking a really serious part of history and what happened and what the germans did to the jews and you were in it you know and it's like you're there and you are wandering around this place and it's fucking awful and it's grim and it's horrible but you know and it kind of gives you that bit of pathos behind it and everything and the great thing about this is that um it's by uh, a studio called Machine Games. We're looking into them. They're like ex-employees from Starbreeze Studios who did some of my favourite games in terms of shooters. There's Chronicles, of Riddick: Escape from Butcher Bay, um, and um, oh, what else did they do? Uh, the Darkness from 2007. Oh, God,
0: I love The Darkness. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So they've got some proper chops and real pedigree behind them. But these, they're the two games that they've done are the Wolfenstein games, and they they have delivered. From my point of view, just brilliant games, and I think the good thing about the old bloodies as well is that they're focused on. Again, sorry, Ramrod, but they've just put it out on the PC, PS4, and Xbox One. But whereas the the, the old the new order was out on everything, so um, great games, re- graphically amazing, just sound, visually everything about them. They're just top quality, absolutely top quality. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I had the I had the new order um, on the 360. I was fuck it. I'm, couldn't wait to get my hands on it when it came out it was absolutely fantastic i totally agree with it it's great game and i remember when it first came out wolfenstein and it was like fucking change video games didn't it yeah that and doom but yeah totally agree with it excellent hey, did you finish that then
1: ramrod the, the in order <laughs>
2: finish games not i'm lucky if i finish a game of fifa me you know okay he is our
0: equivalent of 40 mate oh fair enough (laughs) yeah i
2: will play it i will get excited i will get it i will play it and then i will drift away and then i will do other things but yeah i i got it when it came out and it was fantastic and there the design on it was fantastic everything about it was totally up the game in terms of Wolfenstein because I
1: thought oh Wolfenstein you know we've moved on from that but when you play it you go wow yeah Mm. it's like it's it's old school but it's relevant you know and they've kind of it's just uh, brilliant you know I had no interest in that whatsoever when it was kind of like because I'd kind of like you said it's Wolfenstein what can they do with it you know it's just the same old shit but when it started getting 9 out of 10 reviews and getting compared to games like Bioshock, I just thought, whoa, whoa I've got to try this out. And I just, yeah, one of my favourite games of last year and this expansion just kind of, you know, it's like the cherry on the cake. Beautiful games.
0: Nice one. Have you, uh, have you got any more games you want to chat about, Chris, before we tie it up? No,
1: that's, that, that was the only one, really. Oh, I knew nice. you were going to talk about it, yeah. so... All right.
0: Well, we've got, as always, we've gone a little, you know, a tad over the sixty minutes with these shows, hmm. but I think people come to expect that by now, don't they? After oh. the last
2: one, certainly. Good well, report. yeah, th-
0: this is a, a short little episode after the last one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Right, before we go, then, Chris, if you want to tell people how people can follow you and that other show that you do. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm at Jabby on Twitter,
1: and uh, the same coin, TS Coin on Twitter, uh, for video game and uh, occasional movie shows that we do. Um,
0: yeah, it's all good stuff. There we go. I've got, like, Dits and Ben saying we'd never give you a shout-out, and here's me and Ramrod shouting the same coin out on the radio. You know I know, I mean? that
1: was amazing when I was listening to that live I thought, that's brilliant you know, and not just that but thought, you guys were naturals you, you know, you just belong on the radio you pair uh, <laughs>
2: I know, <laughs> you know
1: just, yeah, yeah. I was listening to it live on the Sunday um, I mean, they must have liked you as well because they extended it by an extra half an hour you were on there for like two and a half hours
0: we were, we were just like it. a sweaty mess by the end of it, weren't we? It's fucking and, by the end we were in a state <laughs> Eating chocolates
1: in a hot, sweaty room with, with women. You, you, can't, know. you
0: can't go far wrong with that, can you? You know, oh. What a way to spend your Sunday evening. Rock um, and roll.
2: We were rock and roll that night, mate.
0: <laughs> and there is, in case listeners don't know, uh, myself and Ramrod just a couple of days ago recorded an episode about our experience, and it is up online. If you subscribe to us, you'd have had that in your feed. If you don't subscribe to us, do it now, and then download that one. And you'll hear all about the... Um, the chocolate-covered pork scratchings and yeah, mm,
2: mm. I'm gonna have some pork scratchings when I get home. <laughs>
0: Ramrod, how can people follow you, mate? You can
2: follow me by um, going onto Twitter and following Ramrod's underscore ghost. It's the same on Instagram. And again, you're not getting my Facebook because it's too personal. If you want to really follow me, though, I'll be walking home shortly, so it's dark outside, <laughs> and if you're quiet, I won't know you're there. Yeah.
0: Or if you go to the Bridge End pub in Rwabon in North Wales, at yes. probably any point of the day or night, you'll bump, <laughs> in, bump into him there as well.
2: Probably there always. Can I can I just, just just throw this in just before we finish? I love the way you've skirted around the fact that as we played your Retron 5 the other night,
0: Dave, I beat you. Oh, it's you time one, to go now. Sorry. 1-0 <laughs> <nil> on FIFA. 1-0. <laughs> isn't, isn't old school, was it FIFA 96 we played? I think it, so, yeah. Christ, isn't that a hard game now when you play that? It was wow.
2: fucking awful, but I won. I've just got to let the listeners know I am the FIFA By a kid.
0: scrappy one goal. It went in, Dave. Chelsea time as well. Yeah.
2: Oh. So Chelsea win the league. It's 1-0, 1-0, boring Chelsea, but they fucking win, don't they? <laughs> I was Chelsea that night, I'm just saying. Oh, there we go, then. On, on yeah.
0: that winning note for you, mate. Great. We'll... Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's say goodbye. Everybody say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 And there we are, the end of another show. Hope you got some good recommendations out of it. And if you did, let us know. And you can do that by going to the website, which is 60minuteswith.co.uk. There's a Contact Us form on there. Or, if you'd rather, you can email us direct, which is contact at 60minuteswith.co.uk. You can follow us on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash 60minuteswith. And you can also follow us on Twitter, which is at 60 Minutes with. Uh, iTunes ratings and reviews are most welcome. And also Stitcher Radio ratings and reviews too, which is the new way that you can listen to us as well. So all that remains is just to say, whoever you are, wherever you are, thank you for listening. Stay subscribed and we'll be back again soon.
1: Yeah, the three-titted woman as well. That was a bit bizarre. That was bizarre.
2: But you'd have a go, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh god, I wouldn't yeah. say no? Fucking hell, man! You could you could have a a double titwank with you and your mate because there's <laughs> for two dicks, isn't there? If you think about it, how would be uncomfortable? Wouldn't it? Cause you'd have to touch <laughs> legs, wouldn't
0: you? Yeah, you might cross swords. You just don't. Spin. I always
2: think when you see those pornos when they're DPing a girl yeah. and the dicks are rubbing on each other, I'm thinking, oh. is that gay? Is that not gay? <laughs> Because if me and Dave, do you know what I'm saying? If we got like, oh, really I don't hot, want to think about that. No, like, Dave's we're rubbing on each other, that's going to ruin it for the rest of the, our lives, then, isn't it? Because we
1: we'll always would have happened. Wouldn't It'll it? always be that moment. And Dave's, Dave's balls will be swinging between his ankles as well. So, don't want <laughs> to think about that.